All right. Well, welcome everybody. Uh, we don't have an intro to this show. We probably could have come up with something. Have you ever heard of a NSSF intro or anything? Is there any kind of like jingle music for NSSF? I don't think so. I never have either. I don't know if they just never done that or if they never thought they could. Or anyway, so we're talking about shot show each week. Uh, this week we're talking about elevator speeches, uh, how to have good conversation, effective conversation at shot show. Uh, we do this live every Tuesday morning. Uh, I don't know if we're going to do it all the way up till SHOT Show or not. We've been doing it for quite a few weeks now. Uh, Clover is joining us from Texas. Thanks for jumping in. Hey, good to be here. And uh, sorry for everybody who is watching live uh, for the late start this morning. But thank you all for joining us. Uh, we'll say hey to everybody who's joining us live. But um, we didn't really have a chance. Clover and I didn't have a chance to like touch base on this one. So we're both just coming at it. Um, unscripted, I guess, but I did do a little bit of prep work in the description of this video. Um, so I thought this was a great conversation. This one come from She Fires? This topic? I think so, yeah. I think it was one of the comments she made one of those last weeks on this show. But um, I'm going to go grab a cup of coffee and let Clover kind of riff on this a little bit, and then uh, we'll dig in. So if anybody wants to uh, you know, be part of this conversation, that's why we do this live. Uh, feel free to engage that text chat. And when we're talking elevator speeches and effective communication at Shot Show specifically, where do you, where does that, where, where is that, what comes to mind for you, Clover? Ask, ask one more time. You lost me. Oh, sorry. I just walked away too. So as we're talking about elevator speeches, having effective communication at Shot Show, what comes to mind? Ah, okay. I don't know. I, I think that, um, you know, one thing is being uh, kind of being laid back, I think, being natural about things. Um, I, I, that's where it would be the one caveat, I think, before we jump into um, a lot of this is, you know, rather than having that canned, you know, thing, um, I mean, having a canned elevator speech and all is great, but just because you've got that certain thing memorized doesn't mean that you necessarily relay that information in a in the same way. Um, you certainly don't want it to come off as if you're just reciting, you know, memorized words. Um, and then I'm sure, I'm sure we're going to jump into it, but you know, every booth you go into, every person. You know, that speech or whatever is going to be a little bit uh, those points or outline or topics or whatever on your in your elevator speech you know maybe the order in which you know you go through those is a little bit different um it's sort of like the same i know with me i don't i don't write a script when i'm doing a video but i will definitely line out bullet points uh, for a video, right? And sometimes those get shifted around in the course of even filming the video. I'm like, oh, okay, it doesn't make any sense to do this before this other thing. You know, I need to switch these around or whatever, right? And I do that. I do that on the fly pretty often. So um, I would say that, you know, take what we talk about today, not in the literal like here's a recipe you know or an instruction sheet and you had to follow this to the absolute t type thing um 
make sure that you're, like I said, fluid and, and, and comfortable and natural with the way that you're talking to these different companies. I've been kind of looking through some of the comments there, so I wasn't necessarily listening as much as uh, hearing you. So, um, right. Um, I think I agree that you can't be robotic about it. And I was, I think what came to my mind as you were talking there, though, was uh, just to add like expectations. Nobody owes you nothing. Nobody's necessarily getting sure. ready for SHOT Show to meet you, but you don't they don't know that they're going to meet you either, you know, so there's opportunity there, but expectations, uh, uh, the, the whole thing, like, uh, you know, you, can, you might have to do something a hundred times, but that hundred first time is the one that pays off. So there's that too. So probably, uh, coming up with something that isn't super complicated or long or detailed or specific is better off because then it's like fishing or something. You're not bringing out your most specific baits right off the bat. You kind of start to see, you know, what's going to work in this lake and then maybe start to worry about the color or the you know, shape of it, but first figure out what type of bait they're even looking for. They're looking for worms or some kind of top spinner, right. or, you know, so, um, you know, it may be having some levels of it too, you know, having a general speak uh, conversation and then let it get more specific as the circumstances evolve. Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree. I mean, because you do get, you get those times at, at SHOT Show and honestly anything. I mean, it could be GRPC or it could be, you know, NRA. It could be any event. But you have those really quick, just like intro. And in, the introduction is, of course, part of, you know, the ele whole elevator speech approach. But you have but, those oh, really echo. quick, just like intro and in, the introduction. Um, so the... The thing there is sometimes you have a situation, depending on who it is, you really only have time. You don't even have time for the elevator speech, right? It's just an introduction thing. So um, being able to quickly say who you are, what you do, I think is important. And, and I think that's a very difficult thing. I'm sure we'll probably dissect that a little bit and dive into it. But, you know, when you say, you know, hey, I'm, you know, I, what's up good morning whatever you know my name's chris i'm with uh you know clover tech productions and then you gotta what do you do right um that gets tough for some people right do you say you create youtube videos do you say you're a podcaster do you say you're an influencer like what if you do what if you're an all of the above approach right you gotta have a way to kind of convey that where people understand that because each one of those things kind of comes with its own potential baggage. Uh, YouTubers uh, is is a bad word <laughs> uh, to a lot of companies. The same way influencers, they may think, ah, oh, influencers. We don't we don't use influencers. We don't need influencers. We don't use influencers. Well, you know, maybe you're not a, you're not a traditional influencer, right? Or you're not a traditional YouTuber. You don't fit the 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 was the way to say that you don't fit the negative mold i guess or whatever the mold you know that they have in mind well there's no definition for these things so it's, it's right. an impression that the other person has so it's their experience and their you know their attitude and you can't control that you can only i think go said you can try to read that or something but you're not gonna affect that so 
if you in other words some influencer is a word i don't like because it's implies some kind of manipulation or something or it can or you know it depends on how you're looking at it but uh it implies some kind of hold over people or something or that you're you know exploiting some mechanism or something so but then other people are like you know that's for whatever they went to a business class or something they got some advice and someone said look for an influencer so by using that keyword you know they're looking for that keyword other people are going to avoid that keyword so it's one of those things you just no way to know so having a selection in your toolbox or in your tackle box so that you can right. adapt to the person because if someone's looking for an influencer then become an influencer if they don't like the word influencer then you're going to want to use something else right right um and that's the thing is what are you even well it's in a bunch of tangents none of either one of us are necessarily coming up with some curriculum that we're um just regurgitating here we're often really just attempting to make shot show more useful for people that haven't been before and more useful for the people that have been a couple of times and want to get as much out of it it's a lot of expense it's a lot of time it's the one opportunity we have each year for a business interaction with the industry the other opportunities that we're going to get are going to be much more media focused or much more superficial this is literally a time when we are all there to talk business and they assume by being there you're in the business so that you get a little difference at shot show than you would at some of those other shows but of course like clovers that are essentially the same things because you got almost the same people there but again you bring a bunch of people together for church that's different than when you bring a bunch of people together to have beers after a game right so it could be the same people but you're having different conversations there's a different thing going on right right um yep. We'll let Clover riff a bit. I'm going to go grab my coffee and feel free if you're part of this, you know, if you're not just listening, but you want to be part of this to leave some comments, we'll dig into them. I've already been starring a couple of questions and it doesn't have to be necessarily on topic. Like I said, we've been doing this for a while, so we can easily take something that's a big separate topic and turn it into a new show if necessary. But Clover riff on this for a bit. And then I've got the description of this video, some work that I've done trying to figure out what heck an elevator speech actually is. And I'll just read through that in a bit. And then we can kind of use that as some structure here to uh, to dig into the next bit. But as far as like what I was just saying, like having uh, some awareness of what the person might want, you kind of brought this up, but just to finish it out, I'll go grab some coffee here. Um, the idea that SHOT Show specifically compared to other shows um, and then somebody who's, well, I'll, I won't be answering your question for you. So riff on that, I'll be back in a second. Yeah, right. just on yeah, just about specifically. Yeah. Yeah, now go ahead, go ahead and do your stuff and then I'll just I'll riff here for a little bit. Um yeah, real quick, um, you know, shout out Millstrip Duo, snobs out there, T twenty three. Um, who else we got? Uh, Ghost is out there, she fires. I think we've seen um some other ones, five hundred Magnum jump in, Chicago Mike, Chris Lang all out there so yeah if you've got uh questions comments we duh people <laughs> out there so um yeah i mean I, I guess you know something not to get too off in the weeds before g uh g gets back but yeah there are certain components to your traditional elevator speech it all starts kind of with that with that introduction and so you know, I think Sheepires out there had said uh, something about, so, you know, don't say you're a YouTuber. And Ghost said, yeah, it's kind of assumed. Um, you know, it really is at a lot of these shows. Um, you know, especially if you have gear. <laughs> you're carrying around a camera or a tripod or something. And duh, right? 
Um, and I think that, you know, that's one of the, the, the big requirements. Uh, it's one of the easiest ways that people get into, um, you know, get into shot, I think, uh, is through the, the video medium and YouTube being the largest video platform. I mean, it's kind of a given. Um, again, though, that, that can come with uh, some issues. That can also be a situation where, you know, either it comes with some negativity issues from that company standpoint or it comes from a thing where that company is 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 um you know they're looking to push from a from a media from a marketing standpoint you know into some other avenues right and so you know a different approach as opposed to saying you know hey i'm so and so and you know i'm a youtuber or i'm so and so and you know uh, i make youtube videos or whatever the case may be uh, especially nowadays with so many various you know platforms out there you do have people that are you know 100% youtube specific and by being 100 and i'm going to give a, a gweb's explanation of this which is going to be kind of long and tedious and the key is to tailor it down you know shorter for yourself but when you know, you're talking to these companies, you know, YouTube, we know that for uh, a large variety of products, especially if you plan on monetizing your video. Uh, if you're talking firearms, ammunition, magazines, sites, scopes, stocks, grips, uh, particularly that, you know, those particular products, it's going to be hard to link in a description, right? So, and a lot of these companies understand that and they know that, right? So, you know, if it's just YouTube, right? I'm, I'm I'm a YouTuber, right? Instead of I'm a video content creator, right? And then that could that could offer a follow up from them of, oh, okay, well, what you know, what are we talking about, right? Um, that piques their interest because you haven't just just gave them this blanket statement that you're a YouTuber, right? That's more more of a definitive type statement. I'm a YouTuber, right? It's specific, as opposed to saying I'm a video content creator. Uh, and you can say I work a variety of platforms, including, you know, YouTube. Right. And so a lot of these companies, a lot of these people, they're going to be aware that there's other platforms out there. Uh, Full 30, which has become Juxy, you know, Rumble, Odyssey, uh, trying to think of all the different ones. But there's quite a few variety on uh, GunTube, GunStreamer, HugeTube. There's several out there. Right. I think GunStreamer's dead. And so, yeah, for the most part, there's several of them that are that way. I've been able to upload yeah. them couple of weeks now yeah 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 i agree i agree i was just throwing it out there that can be fixed tomorrow we don't know but um just throwing it out there that there are alternatives and with those alternatives comes you know and you don't even have to get the reach or the views or anything else that you get on youtube i mean statistically speaking you're not going to all right you're talking about well, offering the, presence is different than yeah reach right yeah, but, you know, the thing is, you know, you may only get tens of views as opposed to hundreds of views, right? Um, but, you know, the key is you've got tens of views and you're able to actually put a link. So if you're able to actually put a link, you know, you're not going to get any click-throughs at all. You've got zero chance of getting that on YouTube where, okay, you may only have tens of views, but, you know, there is there's at least you create an opportunity on those other platforms, right? So what I'm saying is don't discount that aspect of, you know, I upload, you know, I put content on, on other platforms. That could be uh, an appealing thing. And don't pigeonhole yourself into just the YouTube thing. 
Yeah, that's interesting. We're going to definitely want to hit that because there's a lot there that when you're just talking YouTuber, I never said that ever. I think that's the lamest thing because it's weak. It's not even anything close to what you are. I don't care who I'm talking to. YouTube is one tiny facet of what you are. So pigeonholing yourself to that is 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 uh, dated because nobody thinks of YouTube as the internet anymore. You know, that was that was a thing for a minute there. But like Clover said, considering yourself a video creator uh, is much more accurate and much more like, I don't want to say vanilla because it's coming up and saying you're with YouTube is kind of not, it's close sighted. It's not far sighted. You would, you could have had someone who hates YouTube or has had a horrible experience on YouTube and walking up and saying you're a YouTuber eliminates any further conversation you're going to ever have with that person. Where if you said, I'm a, I'm a content creator, left it at that, didn't even bring YouTube into the mix. You've just, uh, you've got more potential of somebody being burned by YouTube at this point than somebody who's opt over op overly optimistic about what any YouTuber could do for them. Does that make sense? Like in 2014, you could have run around yeah. saying you're a YouTuber and people would have been all over you. By 2016, if you said you were with YouTube, you might as well have said, don't talk to me yeah. because people got so burned in a couple of years. Now it's over. So, you know, that, that has ended that, that, the kind of interaction uh, introduction to YouTube and the burning right. that people got was is is ended, but the repercussions are still there. So you're going to have some calluses and you're going to have some scars that are still out there. And then you're going to have people that have yet to be scarred and you could be the one burning them. Like you don't even know it, but you could easily oversell yourself, like then blow off a bunch of the stuff you oversold, go on, not even paying attention to it. And you've, turned three companies or four companies off of interacting with YouTubers. And I'm not dooming you to that, but you know, that kind of stuff happens and people know or don't know that it's even happening. Yeah. But I think that's a whole nother thing. I mean, that could literally be a whole nother. Well, I think, I think with every aspect of, and if you go through, you know, and just Google elevator speeches and look that up, I mean, you'll find a bunch of different places that they give a bunch of different information on, you know, uh, components or sections or you know things you need that sort of stuff and, and you do have a, a very good layout in the description here in this in this video or this live stream g2 but well, it's that. tough yeah i mean i but went to a couple of different courses there, and looked at their definitions but yeah it's yeah. different talking to like a lawyer as a prospective employee it is, versus yeah. going to shot show versus just meeting somebody on an elevator at right. an apple orchard or something right you know, like and a lot that. of the a lot of the elevator a lot of the um blueprints and stuff you see you're also elevator speeches for product right and we're more a service than a product um you know a content creator is right so it's, it's a little yeah. bit different it has to be tweaked a little it's bit, crazy because we're a service that creates products well, and our products true. exist and we, we take true. that for granted as content creators too much <laughs> but we yeah. create things that will yeah. exist forever unless we decide yeah. to shut them down so they're not just paying you for a comment on a video. They want a permanent piece on the internet forever. And they're ba they're banking, they're investing on how far you're going to take your brand right. and how much they want to be invested in that. But anyway, yeah, you're right. So I'm going to go through and read some of the stuff that I found. I went to about four or five different co uh, courses, essentially, like places that were like how to, you know, have a good business uh, blah, 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 interaction with somebody. And but that's the thing. They come from all different kinds of things. There's it turns out there is nothing specifically for SHOT Show out there. So um, the best description I come up with in elevator speech is a fast rundown of who you are and what you do, right? Makes a good first impression, quick summary of yourself and or your product. 
a chance to make a connection or it's taken advantage of that opportunity, right? Gets that person interested and offers a call to action. So getting somebody interested in walking away, you know, there's elements that are probably, I wouldn't say necessary, but are useful. You know, if you have a great pitch, but you started off horribly, you're not going to go very far. If you've got a great way to get introduced to somebody, but you don't have much follow-up, that's not great. Uh, it says show well, off. Oh, go ahead. When you're, yeah, I mean, as you hit these different ones, I just want to, I want to jump in real quick with something here. But so as you, you've got the introduction up front, like it's really quick who you are and what you do. Should that, should there be a, there definitely has to be a component at some point of what you offer to them, right? They're there. They've spent, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, who knows of dollars, right? To be there. They're not doing that to give stuff away. They're doing that to make money. They're doing that to grow their business. They're doing that to get something back, right? And it's the same way if they're working with you. It's not UNICEF, right? It's not, they're not doing it to be charitable to work with you. They're expecting something from you, right? So knowing that, um, should your introduction of who you are, what you do, include a quick why that would be important to the company? In other words... You know, hey, I'm Chris with CloverTac, and I create a variety of content, including video, podcasts, written reviews, and other things. Uh, and so I'm able to offer a diversity of content on this particular product or for this company, you know, all in one place for you, right? Rather than, hey, I'm Chris with CloverTac, and I do X, Y, Z. Should we hit on, you know, would it be important to quickly hit on why those components of the elevator speech are important to the company or wait till the end and potentially lose them because they're wanting to hear what's in it for me. Well, I guess Microsoft did the research and people have eight seconds before they lose interest in talking to you. They did math on that and everybody cites the eight second thing. So that must be fairly recent and it must be good to go. At least it gives us a good tethering point to think about. So the, the, what an elevator speech is supposed to do is introduce you, your business, provide the value, like you're saying, organize your points, identifies, uh, I think you need to identify your market, what you'll be solving for them. Now you don't want to oversell and you want to be memorable. So just to throw some extra pressure on there. So it is right. supposed to do a lot of things so i guess my answer to that is although it's supposed to do a lot of things every time you open your mouth you don't have to accomplish everything you're able to do right so you can have a lot of tackle in your toolbox a lot of tools in your toolbox it doesn't mean you open up your toolbox and bring out every screwdriver and wrench and hammer you take a look at the problem and then know what you got decide what the best tactic will be for this job right so i think that's part of it you're gonna your first ones are gonna be awkward or whatever but I don't think there's an elevator speech. I think there's a closet you go to with a bunch of elements and you craft your elevator speech to the circumstances. So sometimes you're always going to want to introduce yourself. Is that what we're saying? Like we always want to introduce ourselves. We always want to call to action. But I think aside from that, like the other five pieces or something, you might kind of just decide for the person or how you read them. And isn't that you know, there's there's no one how to craft an elevator speech and there's no one how to read the person and when to put the stuff out there. So there's there's half efficient is having the bait and being intimately aware of what the bait can do and how to use it. 
and then there's the skill set of actually using it. Do you think there's any way to prep for the learning curve? Or do you just need to get out there and have a bunch of elevator speeches, good and bad, to start getting your feet in the water or get, your, get on the saddle? Do you think you can prep that? I guess you could if we, we, you guys have already talked about having some kind of an off-air thing where people just bounce elevator speeches off each other. Mm -hmm. so I guess technically you could prep that way. That's a little right. bit artificial, but it's also artificial with people who are on your side and scrutinizing and, you know, being critical in a nice way to help you, you know, evolve that thing before you have to evolve it in front of a bunch of potential customers, clients, friends, whatever. Right. Well, when you were talking about the eight second thing there, um, something popped into my mind. So knowing that, right, let's say eight to 10 seconds. Should you should you tailor your your conversation or whatever? Kind of like I was alluding to before. We know that they want to hear what's in it for them, right? Um, and there's certain aspects too, like you, you you genuinely are impressed by the product or whatever. Should you tailor the speech your your elevator speech, where every eight to ten seconds there's I don't want to say like a palate cleanser, but there's a there's a something that's grabs their attention there's something you're talking about them you're talking about their company you're talking about right something that they're getting they're they're getting out of this potentially going to get out of this conversation i don't want to say getting but potentially getting right is there an opportunity every eight to ten seconds to interject you know quick a quick something just to kind of regain you know what i mean because like let's say you come out of the box and, and within eight to 10 seconds, you've got their attention. I don't mean you're going to hold their intention for the, for the rest of the two minutes or whatever, right? Like a minute in, you may lose them again. And so, you know, should, should you be concerned with kind of spreading out, I guess the, the thing to keep them interested in the, in the conversation, in the elevator speech, I won't say conversation because you're the one talking. Well, yeah. And here's the thing. It's not like you're pushing, you're, finding somebody who's trying to mind their own business and you walk up and bother them. I mean, they're at a trade show. They spent thousands, tens of thousands of dollars to stand there so that you could walk up and talk to them. They just don't know who you are and you might not be the perfect match, but I mean, they're definitely like say the shot show is unique in the respect that everyone's there doing this kind of business right now, no matter what that is. Cause you need an elevator speech just to get content. You don't have to make massive relationships with everybody you meet at shot show. You just might want to get a picture of their gear and then move on. And you don't want to spend half an hour explaining why you want a picture of their gear and then move on, right? So there's different elevator speeches. So I'd say it's, without being mechanical, I think you should be aware that every eight seconds people are going to zone out. So maybe I think a quicker, easier thing to do is just shut up every eight seconds and let them, you know, read the room. <laughs> if they need, because some people need to talk. Some people are going to hate it if you just are blah, 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 blah. They need to be part of it. So maybe shutting yeah. up every eight seconds, being aware that if you are out of breath, you probably shut up and let them say something or change tack or something like change direction. If it's, if you're you know, reading them or again, you can kind of tell when somebody in eight seconds, they're either listening to you or they're rolling their eyes, right? Is it right. worth a hard sell? I don't think it's, that's might be something else. I mean, it's probably advanced or whatever, but if you're talking to somebody shot show and they're rolling their eyes. I'm like, Hey, have a great day. And I leave. I mean, it's got four days, unless it's Friday evening, you've got four days to talk to them again, to get better at whatever you're saying or to let them. Honestly, a lot of times, if you talk to somebody on Tuesday morning, the first day of shot show, 
and they think they've got four days where the people come into them saying how great they are and you're the only one in Shacho who even knows what their product is and they blow you off because they think they've got a lot of potential i mean it might be worth going back at the end hey how is how'd the show treat you you know oh guess what we're you're you're our biggest fan and we want you on our team now it's true yeah Yeah. so that you need it's really tough um we're all over the place like say we're not necessarily creating some kind of curriculum here and trying to just give you a summary of it so that we can you know sell you a, a course or something but i did get a lot of this information from people like that so there's a lot of good stuff in here a lot of it is salesman oriented and we're not quite salesmen none of it that i found at least was you're an interviewer you're an, an, a reporter and you need to break the ice right i just didn't find that stuff under elevator speech maybe reporters or journalists call that something else and i just don't know but um I have a who, what, how, right? So we went through the what, what, what the elevator speech is, who. So identify the needs and identifying the people. Uh, Clover's mentioned this in other shows, I think in this show, this series that we're doing, but I know you've talked about it just in general before, but there's going to be, let's look at any company out there. They've got somebody who runs it or a board that runs the company. And depending on the company, it could be a board. So you, there is no person, or it could be one person that pretty much runs it. You've got their assistants or their next level of managers and supervisors and stuff. And then you're going to have employees at some level, you know, the technicians and the manufacturing people, the sales people, the marketing people. Um, big companies will have literally like a marketing PR person who's just like maybe the face or they organize the faces of the company or something. You know, think of different companies and you can think of these different roles. So having some idea who those people are and being willing to talk to the media person instead of the the head monkey or the the boss, right? Like some places, the bo- you're never going to want to talk to the boss because no influence on what's going on in the company. Other places, if you don't talk to the boss, you're not doing anything with the company. So knowing that, being able to read that, I don't think we'll be able to offer any insight there. But that element of it, I think, is a big part of an elevator speech, knowing that it's adaptable or that it's fluid. Uh, like a lot of things at Chacho, Show, and you're going to want to have a well you can dip into as opposed to a specific, I don't know. I, as soon as I say that, I'm wondering, is there one speech you could say, something short and sweet? Hey, this is my first year at Chacho. Show. Uh, do you, you know, something like that. Like, this is my first year at Chacho. Show. Want to work together? I mean, obviously, maybe spruce it up a little bit from that. But, I mean, that could work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is my first year. Want to be part of a growing um project yeah there's going to be yeah. people out there that are like you know what i know what that means heck yeah <laughs> and, it, and that means i could probably give you a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks and we're going to be friends for life like there's people that understand that you don't want to be naive about it but you can be strategic about that and it'd be that easy yeah i don't think you know i think you you, you potentially run the risk depending on who you are and your attitude and other things i think you run the risk of getting in a mindset with that type of approach that, Hey, this is my, you know, my first shot show, like bringing that up, right. You get into a mindset of where I don't know how to explain it, but it's almost like you don't, you know, you don't belong there. Right. And, you know, I always said, I mean, you have to have that confidence level. I mean, there's there, you know, you've got approved for media you've got in, it's not like there's a ton of media people there. Like you, you are where you belong. Um, 
So that's the only thing with that, utilizing the, you know, I'm new, I'm first time at SHOT Show approach. Um, not that it's going to be necessarily bad. You know, the company sees that in a bad light. But I don't know, what is it, like self-demoralizing? I don't want it to, I don't want it, I would. I would fear an approach like that would get into the mindset, especially, especially if you do that, because you're going to hear no. Make no mistake, you're going to hear no, and you're going to have people that brush you off. And so, if you've got an approach like that, um, is it is it potentially going to mess with your psyche a little bit? And that's something that you got to try to overcome. But like those, it makes those to where you start believing that you're inferior because of that, just simply because you've heard a few no's, or because a couple people have blown you off, and you're like, oh, okay, well, this sucks. I, you know, I'm new. It's my first year. You know, I'm not going to accomplish anything. Well, if you have that attitude, you're not, right? You definitely don't want to get into that mindset. You need to get in the mindset. You're going to go in there. You belong there, you know, and you're going to walk out the other side of SHOT Show successful, which is not difficult to do if you put in the work. So just a tangent, because that's crazy what you just brought up there. It could be a whole other show. So, um, Shot show last year was kind of they didn't know what was going to go on. It was the new building, the new convention center, so not quite double the size, but you know, a whole new area of it. The the existing stuff spread out into there. There might have been new people. Definitely, people didn't show up, and then tons of audience or whatever attendees didn't show up. Certainly, a bunch of media didn't show up. This year, it's the opposite. Completely sold out, standing room only, and everybody is going to be somehow reacting after the fact to last year's opportunities and potentials. So uh, you know, it, it's, it's going to be an interesting shot show for sure. It's going to be, I'm assuming different. It's going to be different than last year as far as getting people's time and attention from them and stuff like that. been starring a lot of the comments i got 12 of them starred we're about a half an hour in i'm gonna assume we're probably gonna go 90 ish minutes just unless explorer's got something going on today um we've got how i'm gonna just rip read through my bullet points there and then just a couple more points after that and then we'll go through with the bullet points because like i said i really i, I, I feel like we're definitely leaving some you know, we didn't have like a necessarily even a bullet point agenda. I just literally wrote some notes as I was going through and trying to think about how to present something about this this kind of super important. I don't think it's is is it crucial, but it's it's definitely something that's overlooked. Um, I think if you didn't have an elevator speech, you're going to do just fine. But having one isn't going to be some kind of magic, but it can make you get maybe more confidence. It'll give you more. Yeah. So one less thing to worry about while you're there or concentrate on. Well, I think even if you don't have an elevator speech, you have an elevator speech. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah, everybody has one. You just haven't thought about it. But yeah, right. everybody knows that right. you got to make an your first impression and you're, you're going to make an introduction. Opportunity. Yeah, you're going to make an introduction. Everybody's thought about that. Like, I'm going to walk into this booth. I'm going to, you know, who I am, what I do. 
you know, what I bring to the table, the projects I'm working on, how that, you know, how that fits with the company. You already know in your mind, that's the things you're going to walk in and you're going to talk about that. That's, it's an elevator speech. You just haven't, yeah, as you said, you haven't thought about the finer components of the flow. Uh, and a lot of that is going to depend, again, it's going to depend on the booth. I mean, you know, you'll walk into some and you just click with the person or whatever, right? And then the elevator speech goes out the window at that point. <laughs> you're just, you're just goofing off and and you know talking and and the, you know talking about their their experiences. I mean, I think a, I think a big thing too uh, when we talk elevator speech. And I know this is all about elevator speeches, but I mean, there's there's components that sort of come into play before you ever get to that point, right? Yeah, like you're like, smart, right? Just like when you're fishermen, you're gonna look at the lake first. You're gonna look at the weather yeah, and the wind, right. right? And then you're gonna decide what to pull out of that box. Yeah. So. You know, I don't necessarily research a company to death. You know, great relationship example with me is with Trailblazer. And, you know, I'd got a press release and, you know, it, it was talking about the, the pivot. But I didn't just, you know, research every little thing about it or anything like that. And, of course, I already knew that they, they had the life card that was out, right? And so, you know, I walk up in the booth and I'm like, hey, you know, Chris with Clovertech, that's all I said, you know. And uh, they they knew who I was, which was it's always nice when you have people that have seen you or seen your content or they know of you. Uh, that always helps. And don't think that just because you're a smaller creator that that hasn't happened, especially if you've worked with that company's products. Maybe it's your own product or, you know, whatever, uh, something that you bought, I should say. Right. And, you know, you filmed with it or did something. I mean, there's a chance that they've seen that or they know who you are. I mean, it, it's entirely possible. Um, but, you know, my icebreaker or whatever with that was literally I'm like, hey, you know, I was uh, really excited to get here and see this, you know, show it to me. What's going on? Like, I know it exists. I've seen it in the um, um Dang it! I see. I've seen it in the uh, uh, pre, in the press release. Yeah, I've seen it in the press release. You know, I was excited to get here. Tell me about it. Show it to me. And I mean, that's what they're there to do. So I mean, they were super excited to, you know, share you know that from from there. From that gives that gives them the chance because they're going to have to do that throughout the whole show. They're going to have to demo and talk about it. So you're giving them practice in talking with distributors and dealers and other things anyway. But. It also, like you said, G, earlier, some people, I mean, it gives them the opportunity to talk, and sometimes that's good. Um, plus, it 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 brings things to the forefront, right? As they're talking about this product, you're thinking about, okay, they're giving me this information on this product. Now I'm, I need to quickly tie this into what I offer, right, and what I do. Like, how can I take what this product is or, or how, what, you know, what this product does or who it caters to, you know, and how, how can I amplify that, right? How can I help them out with this product? And you're thinking about that while they're they're talking about their product, right? So they're amped. All the facets of their product is at the forefront of their mind, right? And then they get through talking and you go, okay, man, that was awesome. You know, I really think that, uh, you know, we could work together on some things because, you know, this part of the product and the way you do this could be beneficial to my, you know, my audience that does X, Y, Z, right? Um, so there's some thinking on the fly. That, that needs to go on, but well, that, that puts the ball in three or four options and then making a decision on those three or four options yeah, on the fly is I smarter so. than yeah. just yeah, winging yeah. it. Yeah. 
Okay, so I'm interrupting. But one of the things that you mentioned there, and it, I'm going to say it could be, you got to have a strong skin for this one, but you can also be a massive confidence buster, buster builder or buster, I guess. So walking up and saying, hey, did you see my video? <laughs> so like what you said, if you happen to have done a video and it doesn't matter if you're proud of it or not, if it's got any kind of reach or just maybe they commented on it, you know, like you did a video of some grip and then or a holster or whatever. I'm trying to think of something that they might actually you know, you walk up to Colt and go, hey, have you seen my video? Don't be, you know, have realistic expectations, but you walk up to holster manufacturer, some kind of weird shim for a site or something, you know, like some some product that isn't going to get a lot of love from just the general population. And you go, hey, have you seen my video? Or have you seen the video where so-and-so work Santa Claus said this was the best product? And they're like, oh, yeah, well, that's me. You know what I mean? Like that, that could be an interesting one. If they go, no, then you're like, oh, well, I made a video about it. You're saying, you know, with Santa Claus. <laughs> But you, so you got to have a thick skin and not be too worried if they haven't watched it. But the, the way you said that, you know, that that would be a thing, you know. And if you really have something in mind that you really want to work with, you know, there's nothing stopping you from making that video. You know, and then, hey, have you seen it? You know, tag them on the video. Hey, have you seen it? OK, you saw yeah. it. Good. It's what I wanted to do. Get your attention. Let's talk. Well, that you gets know, that really exists and you got it a month almost still a couple of weeks at least to get ready for it. So, yeah, if you really want to meet somebody. Start putting out a bunch of videos. Can't wait to meet so and so at Chat Show. Who, you know, what do you want to know about such and such at Chat Show? And then you ask them, Hey, did you see my series of videos where I ask people what they wanted to know? I'm here. Can we talk about their questions? Yes, this is true. Yeah, I put out typically, and I don't know if I'm going to do it this year or not, but typically I'll put out, you know, like top five companies I want to visit with, or top five products I want to see, or something like that. And quite often when I uh, go into the booth, you know. I say quite often. I mean, I have had companies that have seen that that video, but that also gets into the whole idea. This is away from elevator speeches, but is important to the communication aspect of it, especially in the follow up stages. Is you know when you release that content, like definitely tag people, and and you know we got the ability to tag on every single platform nowadays. So um, definitely tag people and stuff or tag companies and stuff uh even if you don't have a relationship with them tag them in it and then that increases the odds that they that they see it and then you do something between now and shot you show up a shot i mean maybe they've already seen what you can do which is good all right i'm going to read off the hows and then we can dig into some of the bullet points here or the some of the points that we've uh saved so some of the how stuff. So we got the what elevator speech is who, right? Who you're going to say it to, or and then you got the how. I guess I don't have the when in here, but anyway, how would be uh, it's or this may be what I don't know. Anyway, it's supposed to be an icebreaker, or at least an icebreaker is one way to. Okay, you got somebody you want to talk to. How are you going to talk to them? Well, you got icebreakers right sometimes it's appropriate sometimes it's the perfect timing some sort of like that slow clap sometimes you're the person that started the slow clap sometimes you look like an idiot right so there's icebreakers knowing when to use them uh again you're in an elevator it's super awkward well heck i got a bunch of stuff prepared let's start talking about this or me or the thing or you know their product right like right let's, let's break yeah. the ice let's make this elevator ride that's going to be 10 floors up to the penthouse super awkward let's let's get rid of that real quick now you're the person that made the elevator less awkward so now you've got bonus points mm -hmm. uh you could also lay a fart in the elevator and you got to live with that so be prepared for a couple of failures um utilizing humor 
which I just did, I hope, uh, use of questions. So you can be an idiot in a strategically smart way. Yep. Uh, formal and casual. So, you know what I'm saying? Some people are going to like formal and casual. You can set that up. But you walk up with a tie and formal attire and you present yourself in a formal way with a business card. That's a whole different first impression than, well, let me take this chaw out of my mouth and spit it into a cup I'm carrying around and then, like, you know, ask them to borrow something and then start having the conversation, you know? Then you've got painting an image. Uh, hopefully, play with that. Have you know if that's not your? I guess I'll just say if any of these aren't your strong point, then drop them. Don't even think about them. Right? Being yep. animated again. If that ain't your thing, don't fake uh, it. But if that's your thing, lean into it. And then examples from your experiences. So these are people who are human beings who've spent tens of thousands of dollars and are taking a week out of their time and they're gambling in Vegas whether or not this is going to turn out for them. Um, some of them want robot efficiency some of them are looking for that comfort so uh, examples from your experiences with their stuff isn't always going to work some people could care less about your experiences they know you're one single individual and they know how many products they've sold and how many they want to sell other people they're looking for that human person on the other end of the line and depending on how much response they're getting from the world your experiences may be valuable or they may be value less um there's a couple last points here, but I'm going to say let's break it here. Clover can riff on any of these how points, and then we'll start digging into some of the questions that people have been talking in the comments here. Or points. Um, yeah, I mean, let's see. The icebreaker utilizing humor. Um, yeah, I would, I would say that is maybe an icebreaker. Uh, questions are, are definitely questions are definitely important. Um, you know, again, there's a big difference, and they're going to be able to see, most people are, I think, they're going to be able to see if you're generally interested in the company and the products as opposed to, you know, you just want that golden egg, you know, whatever it might be, right? Uh, you're, you're Can I ask you a here. difficult question about your product? Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people have been asking, what is it like to be the, the best optic at SHOT Show this year? Is it difficult having all the other optic companies look up to you? No. That starts a conversation off totally different than, you know, I'd like to make a video about your optic. Yeah, and I think and I think figuring out, um, you know, things that are different, right? Because I mean, there's obviously the people. There are people that are going to come into their. Uh, I think it's it's being able to ask specific questions. I think is going to be better than general questions. And and I'll give an example of this is just why I think that's more important. So if you walk into that booth and, you know, you're like, um, yeah, I want to see, you know, what you guys have new for this year, right? Well, that's really general. It's really generic. However, if you walk in and go, hey, what about what's what's the story with this XR715 model, whatever that, you know, I've heard about? What's the story with that? Like, that's that's supposed to be out this year, right? Very specific question, right? It shows that you know a little bit or at least something about the company because there's a lot of people, whether that's dealers or, you know, we're talking to attendees in general that literally walk into a booth. And I mean, they're all, that's just, that's a common thing. Um, I hear it when I'm in booths, you know, I've, I've heard um, exhibitors talk about that, that, you know, people come in and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, obviously the distributors come in and they want to hear what's, you know, 
uh, what's new for the year. Yeah, that, that company is going to cater to them. But being specific, um, I think will catch their ear and their attention a little more. And, and ultimately, that's what you want, right? Um, and then, you know, you can branch out from there. Like, oh, well, what other things have you got? Once you've broken the ice with that specific thing, then move into, you know, and, and you can fake that till you make that. I mean, you can literally look at one product they've got, right, that they're going to release in 2023 and ask about that specific thing, right, and then move into, you, you may not know any of the other products, and that's fine, uh, and then move into from there going, well, what else have you, you do you have, right? And then, again, that's, I go back to while they're talking about that, that gives you a little time to, bob and weave and adjust and and figure out okay where's where's my approach for working with this product right or working with this company it's kind of off but it's also kind of adjacent and something you said there made me think of when you walk up and say hey i'm such a you know whatever i've got my elevator speech down i've got your attention show me your product line show me what you got new this year Show me the thing that everybody else is looking at. What's your final, what's your final video going to look like? Now your video is, here's their booth review. Here's their booth tour. Here's their new product line. Here's the thing that everybody else is talking about. So how is your video going to get any traction over anybody else's? Your production value is so great. You've got some magnet that people want to look at your video. Is it going to be first? Is it going to be the one that everybody else links to out in the world that wasn't a shot show? You can't control any of those variables. But if you ask, how does this work against magnets? Like, what's the color blue mean in this one? Like some specific thing that you know about or you care about or whatever. Now you've got the video that talks about the magnetism yep. of it. You've got the video that talks about why it's blue. And now you've at least given yourself some thing. Now you could also be the one that has 10 videos about the product, talking about everything in a separate video. And then a half an hour conversation with the inventor. You know, you can create uniqueness. You can also create what's the opposite of uniqueness. So you can do a lot of effort here to create a product that's going to just sit there. And if your goal is to impress them, your goal is to move product, your goal is to grow as a channel, your goal is to become unique, then in your elevator speech, either let that be known or at least get yourself in that direction. You know, you don't want to use all kinds of skills to get in and create something that's not as effective as it could have been. Right. Yeah. Gizzard out there is making a good point. It's not about the free stuff. And, and that's true. And that's why, you know, I don't agree with the free stuff part of that. But um, just with the verbiage on that. But I, I agree in the sense that, you know, there's multiple angles that you you bring to the table that it's not just product related. Uh, but on the same token, um, depending on what you do, uh, and especially with me, you know, with the podcast, with other people that, that do the podcasting thing and the audio side of things, um, you know, at some point you're leaving money on the table. There's, there's a big difference between, and I just wanted to address this real quick. Um, there's a big difference between I'm in this for the money. I only do this for the money. It's all about the money and there's money sitting there and I'm literally just leaving it. I mean, I could reach out and grab it just like donuts on a, on a, uh, uh, courtesy table or whatever donuts and coffee that are sitting there. Right. It's sitting there for people to take. Right. And you just walk by and leave it there. Um, that's a whole different thing. So, um, 
you know, keep that in mind too, that depending on your goals and depending on what you're, you know, you're wanting to do, um, depending on your projects. Um, yeah. I mean, could you get product for review? Yes. Could you get people to interview, you know, like the inventors or the owners or something like that? Yes. But then you've also got the potential if branding and products and things line up well. You've got the potential for sponsorship. You've got the potential for other things that that pay real money. And when we're when we're talking about the ROI with going to Shot Show, um, that has to be a part of your game plan. I think now how much, how big of a part of the that game plan, um, how big of a part that it is, I guess is that varies from from one to the other. But I think a lot of people are not making that as big of a component as they probably should. And I know G has, has complained to myself and others constantly about that, about you're leaving money on the table. You're leaving money on the table. You're leaving money on the table. So um, while I get the free stuff thing, uh, you know, wanting product to review, that sort of thing, um, work on getting away from that mindset if you are that you're approaching these companies and you're getting anything like you want the approach that I'm going in there and regardless of what we work on together or do like this is a mutual you know mutually beneficial relationship at worst right uh and if anything they're getting the free stuff they're getting the value here not me Yeah, that gets, I'm going to take that down a different route on a different show or something, but yeah. Um, okay, so as far as the ice or the elevator speech, though, yeah, you, you might want to have a bigger picture or long-term goal or at least an idea of which direction you want to go so that you don't start off with booth reviews when you'd really rather talk to them about you know, decisions on design or something. Okay, so I'm going to head over to the questions that we've been starring along the way here about an hour in. So I appreciate everybody who's joining us live. Uh, again, I do these things live as opposed to produced videos. I could get a lot more reach probably with produced stuff because it would look all nice and we'd have scripted it and at least edited out some of the ums and the, the stuff that didn't land was good. But uh, the interactive nature of the internet allows us to actually have conversations with everybody who's joining us. So uh, these are valuable for us who are here live and then for the people that watch after the fact at least you know according to comments that we've gotten over years and years of doing this kind of stuff um so the first one i guess is from earlier she fires says i was updating my media kit this morning does anyone use one uh we'll probably do a separate one on media kits because that is essentially what you're going to hand off or what you're going to offer as a a new elaborate business card in 2022. Uh, we'll probably do a second one on that uh, just to talk about it. And we're talking about this in regards to SHOT Show because this is a big industry event, but everything we're talking about here and a lot of these shows will apply to the Pennsylvania show. It'll apply to NRAM. It'll apply to the USCCA. It'll apply to the POMA or any of the other smaller uh, and evolving or evol yeah, evolving uh, events that happen for the industry and going to SHOT Show gives you an extract of it. You know, you're going to have four days worth of 
I mean, you don't even have to hardly walk. If you didn't want to walk very far physically, you could just literally start at the first booth and just kind of start applying your, your tactics as you walk down every other booth or something. You might not tear through all the shot show and see everything new, but you'll get so much experience that way that you'll, I mean, I can't imagine a channel wouldn't excel after that experience. I wouldn't do it. There's other things to do. If you have three people going, what an interesting way to start people off. Just send them out booth to booth or something, or maybe with a list of booths that they do. Yeah. Uh, so update the media kit. I think Clover's back. Yeah. Mr. Media Kit is a separate show. Probably. Yeah. Okay. So we don't want to blow you off, but um, yeah, media kits are like I say, essentially what you're going to hand the person to introduce or offer some more awareness than you're going to get across and something that they have to linger. Like they'll have it to look yeah. back on or to remember who did I talk to on Tuesday? Oh, I have this physical thing from them, this piece of paper or this thumb drive. Hopefully you do it with more than just an email. But, uh, you know, this is something I can remember who was there on Tuesday or Wednesday because I have this yeah. thing as opposed to I vaguely remember I had a good conversation on Wednesday and that'll definitely happen. You could be just a vague remembrance that you had a good conversation, but for whatever reason, you didn't leave them with something like a patch or a business card or a media kit. Well, but isn't there the potential that they lose that, they misplace that, they forget that? I mean, with everything that's going on, isn't there oh, that for potential? Sure. Yeah, of course, of course. I'm just saying if you don't do anything, then all they have is their memory. And you got to depend on a memory after all of that. Like, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't say it's necessary, critical, but it's super important. And definitely an, an advantage rather than a disadvantage to have with you. I mean, we will have a whole other show on that. So, great question great point up next from she fires uh i guess sort of when we were kind of talking about elevator speeches in the beginning she's put the sample hi my name is whatever and i'm and i cater to whatever my focus is whatever that's very business-like i mean that's just not the way i talk but i could see someone approaching somebody with that and it is effective and efficient so yeah. I can't say there's right or wrong, because if you talk to 10 people, they're going to get six different ideas of if, you know, opinions on it. Right. But uh, I think you could do a lot worse having some kind of uh, actual uh, equation like that or, you know, system where you're going to, you know, you can easily change out who you cater to, depending if it's an optic company or a holster company or a yep. bag or a target. Right. But um, actually, you could focus, you know, change out e either of those variables. So I think you could do a lot worse. And if you need to just get experience talking to people, because that's something else. I mean, some people, we're all adults here. There's very few, you know, inexperienced young, youngsters. So whatever your business is or whatever your experiences are in life to get you to where we are, some people can walk up and talk to people. And some people, that's the skill they're mastering, right? At SHOT Show, it's like, you're going to talk to whatever 16,000 vendors. What do you think? Sure. They're all exactly the same. Some of them are going to be shy and awkward, and some of them are going to be slick car salesmen. Right. And you're not, there's people that I won't talk to because I don't like them. Like, you know what? I don't like you. I've never met anybody who's like you that's worth anything, that's that's legit. Like, you're you're shady. So, guess what? I'm not, I don't care about your company or your product or whatever, because if they hired you, then there's something wrong with them. Right. Well, that happens. Yeah. And they're going to think the same way backwards, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, some of them. But anyway, so, you know, having a structured thing and just saying it, can get you past, I don't know if you want to call them, like just a, uh, experience level. You know, I don't want to call it a hurdle because it's just there and it's something that everybody has to experience. Now, some people will think of the end goal and go, you know, I need to get X amount of videos today. So 
their elevator speeches will be sub uh, a subtopic to how many videos they get that day. Or I want to master my camera. I want to be able to get good videos today. You know, anybody can get videos. I want to yeah. get good videos today. So your elevator speech is going to be, hey, I just really want to take videos of your stuff. Do you mind if I just take some time over here and take videos of your stuff? And then I'll tell you who I am once it's up. You know, that could be an elevator speech. You don't have to be selling anybody or trying to get something out of them or create a relationship. It could just be, can you leave me alone for like 20 minutes with your stuff? And then I'll appreciate it. Thank you. Because that's still an elevator speech and it still helps them, helps you a lot. You know what I mean? And that can be another way to, anyway, so I kind of went on a tangent there. As far as Sheflare's comment, riff on that one. It's a. I think the elements are solid. I think, um, you know, I go back to there's nothing wrong with that, but I would view that as a algebraic equation, right? And you got to plug in conversational language to that, right? Like, you know, there's a difference when you're, you know, you're reading, some, you know, statistics and, you're, you know, you're reading something that's much different than just your normal conversational language. It's a lot different. Like, you know, you... If you're up in front of a crowd speaking, that's going to be different than, you know, an intimate cocktail party after hours type conversation. All of that's different, right? The language you use. So, and I think that comfort level um, affects the, the language that you're going to use uh, there. But I mean, the again, the, the premise, the data points, whatever you want to call them that you're using in that is is spot on it's it's solid there's nothing wrong with that i mean you know your name that's you know who you are um you know who you cater to and then your your focus right like who you cater to and then why that matters uh she fires next point question statement and i'll let clover riff on this one first so i think they were having a back and forth and she said like kind of clarified with whatever back and forth was going on at the time so don't say you're you're a youtuber question mark or i'm going to add that so do you don't say you're a youtuber question mark what do you think on that one yeah i mean and ghost uh kind of uh, alluded to that out there in the chat too that you know a lot of the media that's a shot show are youtubers so i i'm not real sure they don't assume that when you walk up with a media badge they don't almost right away assume you're a you're a youtuber um because they just get so much of that right um and then again, there's there's many reasons that I would not that can come with all types of connotation. You know, YouTuber can, and so I wouldn't I wouldn't put myself in that in that box for sure. I mean, I would be a you know I'm a, I'm a content creator. I'm a video content creator. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a content creator. Do video podcasts, written reviews, you know, whatever. That's all content, right? Um, you know, social media, whatever it might be. I would not get super platform specific in an elevator speech. Now, once you get to where, the, you know, get a, a situation where they're asking you questions and you go, hey, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I do video content, you know, on a, you know, on a variety of pod, video content, podcast and uh, written written articles on a, a variety of, of platforms right or something along those lines um and then you get down to it and they go hey we're you know we're all do you you know do you do youtube they're probably going to ask you that right um since you said video and you go yeah but i don't just do youtube and you can explain to them why you know that gives that opportunity right and you can say yeah i mean i i upload primarily to youtube i mean it's the big does that gives you a chance to be candid it gives you a chance to be uh, 
I don't say self self deprecating, but but saying things that they already know, right? Like, uh, you know, yeah, of course I upload to YouTube. This is the largest platform on the planet for video. So, I mean, you've got to be on YouTube, right? And then you go, but, you know, you know, as far as putting links in and doing things to drive traffic, you know, to the, to the companies, to the products, to your stuff, you know, there are other video platforms as well that I work, you know, to try to maximize, you know, the, the eyeballs that we get on your products or your services or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, and then you can list off a few of those options, you know, if you want. Uh, they may, they may ask, and, and you know, one of the other things is they may even, if you get into that conversation, if the elevator speech leads to that type of a conversation, they may even tell you some things that, you know, platforms or something that you've never heard about, <laughs> like, you know, because some of these people are tech savvy and they use things, so they may go, hey, uh, you know, do you upload to so and so, and then it gives you the opportunity to go, wow, I didn't even, I didn't even know about that. Like, what, what's, what's going on there? You know, um, and you're like, absolutely. I get back. Thank you for that information. Right. And I get back. I'm going to definitely going to look into that. And, and yeah, I'm totally open to uploading, you know, to that thing or, or, you know, posting over there, whatever the case may be. But, you know, again, it, it, it's, it's what you bring to the table for them. That's, that's what's got to be conveyed. So, they may have because they're manufacturers or something and they may have been kicked off of YouTube or whatever they think of and they may have just decided to leave YouTube. They may have decided YouTube's too big of an ocean. They're going to be a big fish in a smaller pond, but whatever. They may have some other platform that they champion or they they're trying to create presence on. So knowing that and having presence on those can be a benefit or be a bigger benefit than being on YouTube for some people. Right, they're trying to be on Rumble, and you can help them on Rumble at all. You know that you can be a much bigger influence on a Rumble platform than you could ever be on Google or YouTube, I guess. And uh, they know that. And depending on how tech savvy or whatever, you're not trying to necessarily sell them. As much, I'm not saying to say you're trying to sell them as much as uh, make it worth their while to talk to you or you know have uh, interaction with you versus somebody else. So there's that element. Just be in mind also just to be be devil's advocate to this every once in a while you're going to find somebody who is not computer person and they will need to be told yeah this is going on youtube right like they know that they're not on youtube but they know that that's important and they don't care if you're the biggest channel it's true they're just looking for something and then there's other people that can appreciate a giant channel with a million views is not a million customers buying half a million products every time the video goes live it's a whole bunch of children, a whole bunch of people looking at the video and laughing at it, a whole bunch of antis watching the video and going, can you believe they do this with their guns? Like those views are not customers. So right. if you've got a channel that's all about reloading, you've got a channel that's all about females carrying holsters, right? You've got a channel that's all about getting training or traveling to different industry events. You've got a different audience and you bring different value to them. So saying you're a YouTuber, yeah, it's a little, that's uh, like saying, like, I go on the line, you know, I go on internet. Okay, that's a given. Um, so I, I think I want to just repeat what Clover said there. Yeah. But a uh, great point. And I think we might, because we're on YouTube and we're into this, we're probably spending more time than necessary on some of these points. But that's kind of what the show is about, getting into the details of stuff that just aren't always said, right? Like right. that are uh, assumed too often. So Millsurf is the next one. Um, 
fortunate with working at a gun store and not working on commissions, I've been able to work with different types of elevator speech for customers looking at guns. Um, in other words, he, I think what he's saying is because the shop itself doesn't, his salary doesn't depend on him pressuring people to purchase. He can do what he wants and, you know, help people find what they want. Um, he's able to have that introductory conversation with people. I don't know if I'd call it an elevator speech when you're the, when you're the employee at a place, you know, you've got an obligation to have a response and it can be well thought out or not. Right. But it's an elevator speech is like two people that don't know each other, bumping into each other and not right. sure if they're doing business or if they're just talking to each other. You know what I mean? There's a lot more unknowns in an elevator speech, I think, but I get what you're saying. Like you can understand how to read people and apply appropriate conversation to the people. And that's, I think what I was kind of saying when, you know, we all have our real lives. If you're selling flooring to people, or if you're trying to, you know, get, customer feedback from credit card sales or something, you still can understand how to read people and apply that to what we're talking about here, right? Yep. Uh, anything else you want to riff on as far as this one? Then I'll go on to the next one. I uh, posted this one before, uh, growth of a platform. Um, YouTube for a minute there was growing and I got to live through I got to live through a bunch of stuff at SHOT Show. Since 2005, I've been going to SHOT Show. So forums were first, and then came YouTube, and Facebook actually, and then YouTube. So the social platforms, and then video, and then live streaming, and then all the different fits and starts along the way. So I've seen plenty of potential, and I've even created some things, you know, some presences or platforms out there. Literally. So, I mean, I've seen a lot of different versions of this, but I kind of mentioned a second ago, if a, if a manufacturer or somebody has decided they've been kicked off of YouTube, because usually they haven't been kicked off of YouTube as much as decided they would be, so they might as well just leave. But if they've made the decision or been forced to quit using YouTube, um, those other platforms are either going to or have the potential to offer whatever, like an, an alternative presence for people uh championing that you know being the biggest rumble person at shot show i don't think it's this obviously it's not the same as being being the biggest youtuber at shot show but there's a lot of platforms like you just went through a bunch of them let's include guntube.org at the top of that but you know utreon i don't know, know them all but there's so many places to post video these days that are alternatives to youtube um i don't think it's your number one go-to but having that feather in the cap, being on a platform that's still got growth, that's something that we haven't had in a while. I mean, it's been a long number of years where everyone just defaulted to YouTube. I can remember having conversations with Clover where I raged about the whole, let's just lean into YouTube being the biggest platform or being the biggest video thing. It doesn't need to be that way. It just kind of happened and everyone was okay with it. But we're at a point in 2023 where I mean, I think we had YouTube, we had GunStreamer and we had GunTube.org and then UTGTube, who all came onto the scene specifically for firearms because they saw a perception that YouTube wasn't going to allow them anymore or something. But aside from that, I think this is the biggest push or the biggest awareness of off YouTube platforms that there's ever been. There's been never been a need to look at other platforms and there's never been as many people on those other platforms and there's never been as many other viable platforms. And if we talk about the alternatives to Twitter, like the parlor and the truth and the things like that, 
there's more options than there's ever been, what do you think, until 2023 uh, to, to represent other platforms with your presence at Chacha? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's lucrative. I, mean, I don't know if that's the way to go, personally. I'm not doing it. But you know, it doesn't mean there's not a lot of potential there, a lot of room for that. Right. I mean, that could also be a whole nother show. Like, what platforms are the platforms to champion a chat show? We all can give YouTube as a given, maybe Facebook for some people as a given. But, you know, how do you rank all those other platforms? And there's kind of time to still kind of amp them up. If nothing else, you can kind of throw a couple of prep videos on those platforms to see who's out there that's interested in shot show. All right, so Ghost is saying, also know who you're talking to. If you are talking to someone who's hired for the week, you aren't going to get the same reaction or get the reaction you want. Make sure you're talking with someone who can decide or has making decision, has decision-making powers at the company or is an actual decision-maker. How do you determine that, I guess? There's probably a couple of rules of thumb, but like anything, just pay attention, right? Don't talk right. to the person who's getting fetching coffees. Right. Yeah. Uh, then she fire brought, oh, I don't know if you want to riff on that one. Otherwise, she fire brought up, uh, have a short and a long form pitch. I think that's an interesting way to think about it. I think I think of it more like a, a trapper keeper. And I got a whole bunch of pages in there for different options. But yeah, short versions and long versions of each of them is probably a, a great way to think of it, too. You know, some people yeah. you just want to test and other people you want to give them, the, you know, give them your. Your prepared statement, right? Right. Yes, correct. See, so then Chief Fire says the first response to your elevator pitch should be used to refine the pitch for next time. We want to refine it. Not necessarily. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, you've got the opportunity. I mean, there's so. There's so many people you can talk with and stuff like that. I mean, I would, you know, I've said this uh, before, and I don't remember if it was, I think it was on a previous time that we, we had a live, but, you know, I would, I would start my day out or try to start my day out with maybe companies that you already know in a way, or you've already dealt with, or you're familiar with their products or you know, something like that, rather than a company that, you know, you don't know anybody there, you don't know anything about them, that sort of stuff. And, and one of the reasons I suggest that is the confidence boost. There's definitely a, and I think Snob said out there things at some point, the big difference between, you know, being confident and and feeling like you are where you belong and, and being cocky. And I totally agree with that. But, um, there's just something about, you know, starting your day out, right? You don't start your day out that way. Typically, uh, if you do that approach on a, on a wrong foot, you don't start your day out with some bad feedback. And and quite honestly, being in the media room and, and getting to hang out with your you know people and, and talk with others and, you know, uh, you know, war game your day and, and debrief the day before and, you know, different things like that, right? That support structure that we've talked about over and over again. Um, that certainly helps too. Um, so I would be cautious because you can, you can go in and you can think, okay, that elevator speech didn't work. I would rather than using that to, to refine the pitch. Um, if you, if you think that there was something 
Milwaukee there or whatever, right? Um, think about why that was. Like, did the it was it because of your elevator speech, or was it because of just that booth and that person and the, the way they their mindset and the way they approached things, right? And then so refining your elevator speech for the next person you run into that has that attitude that comes with things from that angle, whatever the case may be. Yes, it's beneficial um, to change it every single booth. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I, that's it's it's erratic to me. I don't I don't get that. Yeah, I, I think overcorrecting can be an issue, right? So yeah, yeah, many, that good, good, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think you're right. Like understanding that, okay, people that are shy of YouTube don't want to hear about YouTube. I'll shut up about that element. People, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, Ghost is the next one with. Best way to make your markets to know something about their company and how you can help them. Knowing their numbers or market share or whatever can help grab their attention. Again, this is a specific industry show. So if you went up with that kind of stuff at a, an NRA show or a gun show, they might be like, that's kind of weird. But if you're at a gun show, I mean a shot show, that's the difference between walking up with a nice looking camera and efficiently getting content and walking away and then giving them great value video later versus walking up and making a big scene and using way elaborate equipment. And then at the end, you don't even have a video to show them because you lost it in the hotel room or, you know, like the, the thing was all fuzzy or something, even though you had all that fancy equipment, like there's that element, right? Like at SHOT Show, people are expecting you to come up and have a business conversation about whatever, or at least they're in that mindset. So if they think all YouTubers are here to exploit us and get pictures of our stuff and we have to use them to get free marketing or something and they and you walk up and you can have a real conversation with them about, well, like Ghost says, uh, how you can help them uh, or where they're at and they've never even thought about that stuff before. Yeah, you can, I think you got a better odds of, of impressing somebody than uh, offending them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think you're going to offend anybody with that. They might not agree with you or be uh, enthusiastic or impressed by you or something or what you're able to offer them, but nobody's going to be offended that you put time into thinking about their company. I don't think you're going to get anybody. I, I can't even imagine somebody going, oh, I can't believe you even suggested that. Instead, I think you'd probably get more reaction of like, wow, that's, can't believe you uh, spent that much time thinking about it. You know, we don't know who you are, but you know, unless they're a-holes, they're going to at least be nice to you. If not, I don't know. I think that's actually a pretty good shoehorn. Um, if you weren't even on their radar, they didn't even think about having YouTuber interaction at the chat show, but you're able right. to come up and give them something like that. Uh, you know, it depends on how adaptive they are. If they came to shot show without thinking about YouTube, I mean, they think that's possible, but that would also be some fairly narrow-minded people in 20 Well, you've got to think that there's, you got to think that there's, there's companies that it's their first time at, at SHOT Show and it's probably just because of the overwhelming part of it. It's not like probably they don't know just, YouTube, they just didn't think about it. Yeah, and like they're not thinking about that until you, you walk in. And I got to think that if they've ever ever set up, right, and uh, been an exhibitor at, at SHOT Show before, like they, you know, 
they probably get it. They understand, you know, you don't catch them off guard or anything like that. But, um, but you also, here's another thing that's, that's important to remember. I walked into, um, a booth one time and it's why it's why it's always important to kind of identify yourself and i don't necessarily say get permission but for lack of a better way to explain it get permission um because i walked into a booth one time down on the bottom floor introduced myself and hey you know i'd like to get some you know uh some video some some pictures here and i got the rundown i mean i got the spotlight on me like sweating interrogation thing and all um and the reason as it turns out it was a very interesting conversation that was had and left there you know uh eventually had those people on the podcast you know i've seen them at multiple shows it's not a problem but they had a situation to where um they had some people come by they said they were media um, and the next thing you know, these people had copied their idea or whatever, right? Um, and so be aware that that's something that that does happen. I know it's kind of out of the blue, but be prepared that, that there are companies that have had that experience before. Um, and so that's why it's important to kind of identify yourself and make sure that they're, that they're comfortable with you uh, being there and taking pictures and videos and doing things. Yeah, sometimes you need to tell people who you are, but you also need to tell them who you are not. Ah, this is true. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good way to put it. <laughs> there's, right. there's been a lot of people burned. I'm not just making that up. Like, there's people that tear through this industry, and they don't care. I mean, they were selling beanbag chairs. They were selling insurance to old people or something. They were doing something heinous, sucked at it, saw the industry, the firearms industry, being a bunch of dip dipshits as far as marketing and stuff. So a lot of the stuff that we've got is from video games. It's from failed other marketing people that come over here. They, they don't last. I mean, they're, they're bad. They weren't good where they came from and they move on. But while they're here, they just burn bridges and tear through and get leave bad taste in people's mouths. Right. So we've got to deal with that. But you I mean, it's not like it's unique. I'm sure that's happening in every industry, right? The people that are bad tend to, use up the resources and move on uh but it's pretty easy to show that you're not like that once you've been around for a while so when being new it's tough but uh, you know being new is always tough you've got to have some what's the word you have to have some experience and some some stuff for to establish some reputation but hopefully we're giving you some ideas on how to do that with some thought so that you're as effective as possible assuming you're new if you're not new then Hopefully you're refining your stuff. So back to sheet fires. Uh, the, wait a minute. I hovered over something here and I saw a thing happen on the screen that I'd never seen before. Okay, sorry. I just saw something on StreamYard. I hovered over one of these things where I can change the stuff around. And somewhere between, oh, there it is. Screen layout, press shift plus six. Oh, did you know that you can... Keep, I mean, it makes sense, but you can keyboard command between all of these. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Just never saw those things pop up before. So she fires is said uh, first response. To your, I think this is in response to her last comment. I think they were actually having a conversation and I'm just picking these things up as you know things to talk about. Uh, but she followed up with the first response to your elevator pitch should be used to refine this pitch. Um, and I think that's, again, kind of refining what she was talking about before. I think that every time you post an elevator 
speech that yes, you're going to be refining it for the next time. But like Clover said, don't overreact too much. But I would also think kind of like you said before with the long and short versions, of your elevator speech, if you've got a, you know, an elevator speech for optics companies, an elevator speech for targets and an elevator speech for boots, refine each of those. And every once in a while, there's going to be some crossover, but you know, I, I would give it a little bit more, uh, specification than just each elevator speech evolves the next one. But I don't know, as soon as I say that, I guess there are some certain things, you know, like laughing in the middle of it. Does that feel creepy or does that break the ice? You know, like some people are going to want to laugh and some people aren't. So it has nothing to do if they're optics or holsters or targets. So some people are just going to appreciate some humor and some people are going to think of it as distracting or something. Do you have anything to throw in this one? Uh, no, I think we covered it. Then uh, I think when we were talking about doing something to be rememberable, whatever, Ghost said, I find that doing the moonwalk while doing the speech, the elevator speech, makes it memorable. Unfortunately, not in a way they or unfortunately, they remember me in the wrong way. But to kind of get into the humor and the doing something, uh, if your elevator speech is something, maybe something as simple as commenting on the booth that they spent $10,000, not just to have there, but to create the booth itself. Like, wow, your booth really stands out. My name is blah, blah, blah. Yep. Then Library Garrett is saying it's gone Library Garrett. I don't want to change his name. But uh he's leaving for Columbia for 10 days. What should he bring for protection? It's kind of off topic, but a big supporter of the channel. Thank you for that. And Columbia, so the country of Columbia, uh, and for protection, I'm assuming he means like self-personal protection. He said he is going to vacation as opposed to business. From what I understanding is most places in the world, they leave the vacation areas alone. So aside from like petty pickpocketing and stuff, you're not probably going to get murdered or anything. Most places want their tourist money to stay legit. So unless you wander outside of the kind of standard tourist areas, from what I understand, most places in all the world leave the tourists alone unless there's some kind of you know, strife going on, which I don't think there is in Columbia right now. Um, otherwise, I don't know. I, I think it's not, maybe it's naive, but most of the people I've known that go to Central and South America have had very pleasant trips, uh, vacations, and nobody brought anything crazy. I mean, they were really just having fun, you know, honeymoons and anniversaries and family vacations and stuff. But I know lots of people that go south and never heard really of anything other than the crazy extremes in the news. I don't know if you got any side topic there, but if you got anything to throw on that one. Yeah. yeah. Columbia sounds fun, though. Um, I think elevator speeches are more important for people. So Ghost is saying, I think elevator speeches are more important for people with less experience. Once you've done this for a while, you can just react and talk. Yep. Interesting. So I would say be hesitant about being comfortable with your ex expertise because you're going to... It, that that the danger I see there is not realizing the importance of that first interaction with people. And I can just tell you that from I burn way too many bridges because I could care less. I'm not there to do business. So, you know, there's lots of people who think I'm some kind of weird person because I'm not there doing the same thing as a lot of people. So I don't, you know, what I mean, I, I'm not interested in the same thing. I'll, I'll walk up and go, oh, this is interesting. Do you like having your booth on a corner this year? You've always been in the center of the aisle. You know, some people aren't used to that kind of question because they're not. You know, they're not there to ask a question about the show. 
you know, they're talking about their optic or whatever. So you catch them off guard. Um, so that's my thing, as I think it's probably uh, uh, something that happens with experience in any realm, but be careful if you feel, I don't want to, you know, you just get too loose. You think you're too experienced or you think you've got it figured out and then you meet that person who's inexperienced and you can look cocky or you can look like, I don't know what the word is, like, uh, like you're not giving enough, you're not taking it seriously enough. And, you know, that can have an adverse, I guess. So I hear what you're saying. And it depends if you're meeting somebody for the fifth time. I guess that's not an elevator speech anymore. But um, I guess if you have a relationship with a company and they bring a new person on, is that an is that an elevator speech when you meet that first new employee for the first time? I guess not, because you probably got some other, in, you know, some other conversation before that they're going to say hey so-and-so is coming from youtube or so-and-so people from youtube are coming so they have some awareness of what you're doing so i don't know that's an interesting one but at the same time we're talking about elevator speeches like it's such a big deal it's not like you've got a index cards in your pocket and you're reciting right. elevator speeches you know this is just yeah. to be aware that it is an important topic an element but it's an element of so many other things that you know it's, i don't want to say it's not important but it is uh it's important enough to do a show on it yeah but, uh, and I think that if it's kind of like, what was it, Bill Sarp Duo, I think, brought up with, you know, working at the gun shop, like talking with customers, right? So, like, a big part of it, uh, the elevator speech, I think what Ghost is getting at is for those that maybe don't work with the general public, that are not, you know, social butterflies, that, you know, can't just bump into somebody at the grocery store or whatever and carry on a conversation or, you know, people that are that are that type and, and there's that type of person and there's nothing wrong with it. Like elevator speeches really help. But you know, elevator speeches, you're going into shot show, there's already, you know, a certain amount of stress involved and everything else. Um, you want to make sure that you've got all the bases covered. You obviously want to succeed. You want that ROI. You know, you've got all of these different things going on in your mind. And like having that elevator speech, um, can help because it it's just we talked about the icebreaker right well that works both ways right not only breaking the ice but you're kind of breaking out of your shell as well and so i think that if you're just comfortable talking with people in general like you know that starts making the elevator speech a little a little less and less necessary because you know let's say that let, let's take the, the whole reason it's called an elevator speech, right? You meet somebody while you're waiting for the elevator, right? You the get into the elevator, whatever you get into the elevator, you ride it to the top floor, right? Well, for me, I'm probably going to comment on their suit or their luggage or, you know, that's nice. Or, well, it's a cool watch or those are cool shoes or, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm just comfortable in that environment with, you know, breaking the ice with the introduction with just talking with people right and so it's it happens more organically for me um but not everybody is that way and so having that uh, elevator speech and not only is it not that not that way but you bring up a good point that what if you go in and you've been to shot show you know, many times before you've been to multiple types of shows and whatever, many times before you're comfortable 
for the most part, you know, 90% of the time you can walk into that booth. You don't necessarily need that elevator speech. It's there. It's in the back of your mind. You, you know, you, you've given it thought. You've used it maybe in years past, but it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't rely on it anymore because I'm pretty good at starting and carrying on the conversation and directing a conversation, which is even more important, I think. But, um, but you walk into that booth and the person you're talking to is inexperienced, right? Like the person, the person that you're talking to is never, you know, they're not a social butterfly. It's their first year at something like shot show, or maybe it's their, you know, I've, I've met, and thankfully it's been with companies I've already had an established relationship with, but I've literally had conversations, uh, first-time conversations with media-slash-marketing people for a company, for a firearm-related company that did not come from the firearm-related world, right? Um, they come from makeup or they come from some other some other industry, right? And so, you know, they're timid, they're intimidated, they're, you know, they're, not outside their element when it comes to marketing and stuff, but they're outside of their element as far as the industry. Right. Um, and so there's a certain level of uncomfortableness is not a word, but there's a, there's a certain level of them not being comfortable uh, there. And awkward. sometimes the, yeah, awkward, there's a certain level of awkwardness there. And sometimes I think the, the elevator speech or at least elements of your elevator speech um, could be beneficial to help, I guess, regulate the situation or whatever, right? Where it's something that they they could better, you're not feeding them with a fire hose. You know what I mean? You, you've used that analogy. Like an elevator speech is, is more of a, we're going to trickle, you know, trickle it on them here a little bit instead of just walking in with the normal, you know, big personality, you know, super friendly smile, you know, eager for the handshake, eager to ask questions, you know, that sort of thing. And there, that's interesting. So something about the way you mentioned, you said that, think about from the booth's point of view, what they're experiencing. And think about going to a gun show and with the person sitting behind the table, right? A lot of times we're the attendee, so we don't think about the perception or what's happening from the other side. So they're getting a bunch of coughed on, sneezed on, full of candy, hands thrown at them all day, right? Like sticky with whatever they've been drinking or wet with whatever condensation was on the bottle you know like they're just getting all kinds of weirdness all day and if you can be a a relief from that or just be aware that you're in that mix you know what's good what can help you stand apart from that that's something about what you said there maybe think about that um smeggy has a point uh you have to think about what you want out of the conversation uh, do you just want an interview or do you want to start a partnership? I think these got that's such a profound one. So the first part of it, you have to think about what you want out of the conversation. You are in a business relationship situation, a business, an industry yep. get together. It's yep. I, I keep talking about it. You know, it's it's huge. They spent a ton of money. So right away you know that they want return on that investment. Right. They're there to get the word out. You're there to get the word out. Like you just have to figure out how your parts are going to match up. You you can be casual and play it by ear and see how it goes and maybe look better, but that's on you. You're like that's a decision you're making because you can also understand that they may not realize this, but they've just spent a ton of money and they're going to get a lot of those handshakes coming at them. They're going to get a lot of sales pitches thrown at them. They're going to get a, so much that it's drinking from a fire hose. They're going to forget stuff. So 
understanding all that and understanding that you want to get something accomplished from this whole thing, it's not inappropriate, I guess is what I'm saying. This isn't like going up to the NRAM and, and asking to do business with somebody. That would be inappropriate. You would not expect to have relationships start up. That would be an extra bonus. You can expect to get content. You can expect to get some FaceTime, but don't expect to get, do like, it's not conducive to business. Shot shows the opposite. Shot show, it's all about business. So if you're in there shooting the shit, not doing business, kind of wasting everybody's time. At least the point of this whole show is to actually get the business done. So having an idea of what you want out of it is crucial. Then he gets into, do you want an interview or just start a partnership? Or I say just, but do you want an interview or to start a partnership? Or, you know, a lot of the other stuff we've talked about today, get a good video, get better at your skills, right? Your interaction could just be to get past the, inexperience of talking to people about this kind of stuff, right? It could be because you just need a video because your best friend asked you to get a video of this thing that you don't care about, some stock or some grip or something. So, you know, the, the what you want out of it can vary on a spectrum, but I think that's great. Having the intent is 99% of it. Anybody can observe, but going in and being part of the thing, valuing what you've got to offer. And anyway, shut up. So I think this is a profound one, but go ahead. No, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked a lot about, you know, they're there and they, uh, they're obviously wanting a return. But I mean, you're going and you want a return too. Now, I'm not real sure how, um, how companies. I'm not real sure. This is a, this is an interesting thing because I'm not real sure how. I know that the vast majority of companies I work with understand that, you know, doing the media thing. Uh, it's not free. I mean, obviously it costs money to be able to, to do the media thing and stuff like that. So, you know, there is a certain amount of return that as content creators, we have to, you know, we kind of have to strive towards and I don't want to say expect, but you get where I'm going with that. Um, I don't know how the industry side views that. Um, and so that's a, that's an interesting dynamic. I, I, that, but yeah, I mean, there's there's well, a we know of... from the we know from the stuff that Shot Show sends out that there's no attempt and no awareness that I'm aware of that I've seen. There's no awareness of the effort and the the nuance of media. They think right. of media the same way they they put media together with writers from magazines, TV show people, bloggers, podcasters, everything that exists. They put in as media. So right there, it right. shows you that there's no nuance at all. So that's a great point. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not real sure how uh, in the industry in general sees that or if they see the same thing. Because the media have on the understanding say, other than just. Yeah, because I mean, us. we're sitting here and we've already said many times that they're there. They have to get a return. They're there to make money. We get it. Um, you know, our goal as media is to help with that endeavor. But at the same time, us helping them the whole idea of, you know, we're not UNICEF or whatever goes both ways that, you know, there's a certain amount we need to get out of that as well. Right. Um, whether that, you know, whether we make money, you know, quote unquote, make money on it, or it's a, it's a, you know, a net zero game even or whatever. Right. But, you know, something is to where that stuff's covered. Um, man, that may be a, that may be a one for a whole show. So that may be a conversation that, you know, I may I may actually be willing to have this year with some with some companies in their booths just to kind of get an idea of where they stand. Do they realize, you know, like, hey, we're out here and 
you know, we cover your booth, we cover your products, we work with your products. Do you, do you realize the cost and, and everything that's involved for us to do this? Because we, we understand that there's an element of, you, you know, if you work with us, we have to provide you know, for you, right? You send us a product, we actually have to do work with said product and all of this. But do you realize the cost of that work, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that 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 there's so many there's so many people out there the that the have value the value of it. It brings you to. Yeah, there's so many people that utilize Shot Show kind of as a vacation, right? And they go, they do media there. Sure, they cover stuff and they do things. And there's so many creators out here that you know they have a primary job. You know they're not retired yeah, or they're not relied on or whatever. Their, their family a, reunion or get together. Yeah, the creator thing. Yeah, the creator thing is a secondary thing, and so like. And that's Being an industry to... failure because since it's, and that's one of my frustrations is like, you, and that's a whole nother topic, but yeah, since media is a spare time thing or it's a, it's a hobby or it's, it's a second job, a part-time job, it's never the focus of anybody's attention. And it's always assumed that it's free, that you can just, who cares? Cause there's always somebody who's going to step in. There's always another retired guy with a camera. There's oh. always some other house mom who's trying to get a second income and they're always going to be able to create a youtube video now the value of that youtube video and like you said what they could be doing with that resource i think that's worth a whole nother show from the uh from the side of the of the uh attendee at shot show or i should say the uh the people who set up exhibitors at shot show we already determined when we had people on it's one of the byproducts of this uh series is we know now that a hundred dollars a month is what it takes most people to get to shot show so a somebody who wanted to sponsor a, a content creator at a hundred dollars a month you're providing their their transportation and stay at shot show for on the, on the average so that means with two sponsors at a hundred dollars a month a content creator could go from amateur part-time to serious hobby and with three or four they could potentially well it depends on the person but with a couple of sponsors you could potentially turn it turn a, a, a channel that's happening because of circumstances to a chan channel that grows with intent. And yeah, you can observe and follow and, and watch the lottery or watch the sports game from the seats, or you can become a manager and you can become a coach and you can be specifically involved in the players. And right. the industry has that opportunity and that role and they've not taken the opportunity and they don't appreciate their role. And for as little as, you know, when we're talking about advertising numbers, again, there's, it's very, it works out to, to invest in content creation uh, as a manufacturer um, rather on mass advertising and what returns that might get because the differences are hundreds of dollars and thousands of dollars a month. So yeah, there's a lot of potential there from the, from the, exhibitor side of how to take advantage of the resources that SHOT Show makes available. And yeah, changing the industry with intent versus just watching or just taking stuff for granted and, and having things happen randomly. We're going off in tangents here, but I think Smeggy had brought up a great question there. Yeah, well, you have to get, you know, also on Smeggy's thing too, is, you know, um, you know, I, I do seek 
you know, like a some type of a relationship, you know, with that company, right? And so, you know, I want I would prefer to have, you know, with most companies, uh, that long going option and and a long going relationship. And we've talked about it before. Sometimes that's hard to achieve with the turnover and employees and and other things. Um but where was I going with that? What was his question? Put it back up on the screen. Did you unstart? Smeggy's thing, I, I lost it because it was way far away, but it was basically the uh, uh, knowing what you want out of the conversation, having a coal of the conversation. Right. Um, anyway, yeah, I lost, I lost, yeah. I no I lost we're, we're not scripted and we're not going, you know, we're just, yeah, go I lost my train of thought. It was like there was a couple things I was going to hit. Feel free to interrupt but... if it comes back. So I think I put in here just to remind myself, uh, but answer a question versus an intro thing. Um, so again, if you want to set yourself apart as the content creator or offer something different to the booth or the manufacturer than the simple tour of the thing. Like, hey, I had a lot of questions, like if the straps on here are the same as they are over there. I've had a lot of questions on the weatherproofing of this one, or is the is the magazine going to work in this one? So now if you go into a booth and have a specific question to be answered, that gives you an opportunity to unravel a whole different ball of strings. Like, oh, where'd you get this question? Oh, we have an online community I'm a big part of, or, you know, I'm on the so-and-so forums. And I noticed this question gets asked on all the forums. You know, I, I go to all the different AK forums and... On all of them, this is a consistent question that nobody's addressed. So now you've showed that you care enough about their product and you care enough about the industry to address the specific question rather than come in and ask for from for free, which they're going to get a lot to compare to, or just come in and get a general booth review. So if you want to set yourself apart and offer value to the viewers, the community who may not know you and the manufacturer, Think about something as simple as answering a question to a common, well, answer a common question, I guess, as opposed to just being another in, uh, view um, tour. I don't know if that helped Clover get his thing back to whatever we cut off there. But then the next one from Smeggy is you can lead the conversation. What do you have to show off? Or you can let them lead the conversation. You know, that's interesting. I don't I didn't come up with a bunch of samples, but that's a great sample. If anybody wants to offer some samples, we can judge them. We'll judge your sample uh, icebreaker. We'll judge your sample. I guess you get 200 characters on YouTube. If you're here live and you want to throw an elevator speech in, we'll start judging them. But uh, what do you have to show off? You could literally just say that and get going. We, we've put a lot of effort into introducing yourself and having an elevator speech that's either formal or kind of traditional. But on the other hand, in an industry event, I can you know, I can 100% attest that you can just come up and go, can I get a video of this? And they'll go, yep. And that could be everything and you'd be done. So you don't have to do any of this. You can just go, can I video this? And they'll be like, thanks for asking, yes. Or else, I guess one out of 10 times or one out of 20 or 50 times, they'll go, nah, not that thing, video that or go away. But most of the time it's, yep, go ahead. Then they'll go, who are you then? You know, like they don't care. They want video. video. We're, we're so beyond the, I mean, it's, it's still, I think hundred percent worth. Well, asking, I think that, I think that gets into, I think that gets into possibly what we were talking about earlier of, of, do they realize, you know, it's like they, yeah, they understand like everybody's on social media. Everybody has a phone, everybody, they get all of that. 
Um, and it's like, why would they, why would they say no in most cases? I mean, you, you know, somebody just randomly, well, it's, it's almost always ITAR or like, That's you don't want yeah. our customer or like, our competitors to know about this cut of this jacket or something. It's like that's exposure, crazy. that's exposure for their stuff, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so they don't have many reasons. There are a few, like you said, but. And just ITAR is know. the international trade and blah, blah, blah. So it just means right. that some stuff like night vision or some things aren't allowed to be exported. And to be, go beyond that, there's some other industry standards which require that they don't even offer anything other than uh, very, uh, to, you know, the pictures and images that are filtered, let's say, that don't offer any kind of detail or whatever. So because of that, they... They just and usually they'll not have that stuff out. I mean, they're, they're not idiots, but sometimes that stuff is around, especially like at range yeah. day or if you go to some other event, you might accidentally take a picture or something. But anyway, I'm getting into a little bit of a rare exception, but it is in our industry, it is a thing. And ITAR can be weird on like night vision or a vest or something that you just wouldn't think of. Well, what I'm saying is the whole idea of if you walk in and do that, hey, can I film this? And they're like, yep. And they just turn around and walk off or whatever, you know, or they may ask, you know who are you or something um but and like if they ask that, who are you that probably initial... is if they want to know like they're going to get a yeah. lot of people who are just some joe bob from the gun shop and they're going to let them video because they want to show their friend something yeah. right. could care yeah. less but if they go well that's interesting with something about your something maybe your badge holder makes them go oh this is a regular this isn't a regular person this person's badge holder tells me that this person is legit this person's hat tells me that they're doing something, you know, this, the way that they're holding their camera or the way that they took this thing and they got the shot show behind it. And then, you know, the way they're taking notes or something, now they're going to come over and go, what's up? What you, you know, what yeah. did you get? Right. The, did you need another picture? Can I get you something? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So ghost is saying just because your pitch doesn't work with company a doesn't mean it won't work for company B. I don't know if that's kind of going on with what she fires was kind of talking about earlier, but, Right. Yeah, I would just also just insert like industry A instead of company or like person A, because there's a lot of different variables there. You might get some guy who's a, I don't know a lot of different types of personalities, but you know, the jokey, pat you on the back type of person. And that person could be at any company, you know what I mean? And you might have a different speech yeah. for that person rather than the, I'm going to look at the ground and put my hands in my pockets type of person. Yeah, and I think it is. I think it's more more than the company, main company B. It has to do with the, whoever you have to talk with at that company yeah i would i would totally agree with that because sometimes it's what's weird sometimes you'll hit it off really good with with somebody from that company and unless you pointed out earlier that could be the ceo or the cfo like like a big dog with the company right and you've hit it off good and you're having good conversation and then they put you in touch with their media marketing and that dude or chick is like a lump on a pickle you know it's like Ugh, like we have no chemistry it's just it's a totally different world trying to talk to that that person than it was you know the owner of the freaking company or the inventor of the thing or whatever you know what i mean it's like good lord it's like pulling teeth talking to this person and it's it's yeah it's, we're we're all individuals we're all different so it, it makes sense no i definitely add that you know whatever you figure out is a strategy or a, a uh, tactic that gets around person's attitude, person's interest and abilities or whatever skill set that you want to apply to others because you're going to get these types of people. It's not so much anymore, but there's the people that hate technology and there's still people that act like they hate technology.
technology, even though they're telling you that on an iPhone or whatever. But you know, there's the the, the that type, and then there's the type that's on the other side of the spectrum at the other end of the bell curve, trying everything constantly new, and you're never gonna appeal to the, the same words are never going to appeal to those two people. One person never wants to try a new thing online. The other person tries everything new online, right? You're, you being a person who's aware of the different things online can barely keep up with the one. And you, all you've got is like a, a zillion leashes to drag the other, right? Like it's, you're, you're looking for that person in the middle. So maybe that's the strategy too, is to, for your elevator speech, we kind of talked about it in other shows and in this show too, but you know, don't go up to the new intern and don't necessarily go up to the boss of the company because neither one of them is necessarily going to be the one making the decisions in the middle. So read the company first and then maybe even ask and say, hey, who's the person I need to talk to for this? Talk to that person. Now you're not, this was a thing back in the day, but you know, you're not educating them on what YouTube is or what making a video can do for them. Now you're talking to the person who gets paid to understand all that and you can get just right to the nitty gritty. I'm gonna make four videos about this and I'm not asking you for any money. Let's, let's, we didn't put that anywhere in here, but you know, unless you are asking for money, if you walk up to a booth and go, can I take a video and I'm not gonna charge you for it? That's a thing. There's a lot of people that assume the other, that, hey, I'll take a video of this and then we'll talk how much it's gonna cost you after. Yeah, because yeah, he charges too much when he takes a video. Oh man, I know people like that. I know people that have that have, um, you know, that's that's another thing that you need to be be aware. You need to do what you say you're going to do, and you need to make sure that because there are companies out there that will be um, very hands off and very open when they work with you in what good capacity right and don't get me wrong i love those companies i love those companies that you know send a product or they'll you know they'll sponsor or they'll do something and it's like hey we trust you otherwise we wouldn't be doing this you here it is you know, here whatever you do your thing right and there's freedom in that but you also have to be mindful of what both sides expect right uh i do know creators that have burned bridges with companies because they've taken product and kept that product for, you know, 60 days, 90 days, something like that, you know, whatever, put out no content, the company contact them and they go, Oh, um, you know, if you want us to actually release content with this, you're going to have to pay us X number of dollars. Right. And the company assumed that, well, because I'm sending you, I'm going to send you the product and we didn't talk about anything, right. That there wasn't any cost involved. And so just make sure that, you know, the agreements and, and everything else, that all the cards are on the table, right? You, you go down that avenue, you're asking those questions and, and whatever, um, because you'll get, I don't. And then there's people that are like, you send me the binoculars, I'm going to do a video and sell them. And then you don't have to pay me nothing. I'm selling your binoculars. Everybody's happy. And then there's other companies that'll go, yeah, I'm going to send you the binoculars. You do a video of them, you're going to send them back. And then right. those companies will go, we're going to send you the binoculars. You do a video with them. If we like the video, we're sending you more binoculars and 200 bucks. Yeah. So right. yep. again, getting back to, I think, Smeggy's thing, like, know what you want out of this. Right. And there's no rules. Like, you know, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Now, yeah. if you go around saying, I want $200 and another set of binoculars, and you're not paying off on that, then you might burn them. Right. You might kill them as a having any interest in the future. 
Yeah. Uh, or you could surprise them. You could grow your channel into a binocular channel, and now you're getting night vision from seven different places, and you're the go-to because you've got it figured out. You get the product. You do a fair review of it. You sell the product, and you move on. You're making your money by selling the product. You've given right. it a fair review. You've created a massive knowledge base, and companies know that you're fair and you can work with you, and you're not doing some scheme or something. Right. You know what I mean? There's, there's, there's no rules. Do however you want. But the butt is you got to put in the work. You got to find those companies and do all that stuff. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Soco says no matter, do Bear say something? No matter what you say or how you approach companies, be confident who you are and what you bring to the table. If you aren't confident in yourself, they won't be confident in you helping them. Well, he's a Marine, so he's going to say stuff like that. But at the same time, if you want to get confident, go to SHOT Show and start doing stuff. I mean, yeah, repetition, experience, and, and effort is what gets you to be uh, confident. Yeah, But yeah, it's always well, everything is, is difficult at first. Everything is difficult. The support structure then, around you helps. There's a lot of things that help with that confidence level, for sure. Gizzard is out there. He says, I'm a content creator. YouTube is just one of the tools in my toolbox. That's a great attitude for it. Yep. But you're also a voice for the Second Amendment. Gizzard is a community leader as well. Yep. Uh, so when we get to Smeggy saying, or when interviewing someone, ask them what they think the coolest thing is personally. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And some of that can break the ice, get... Uh, an element that's not the norm, you know, you know, can you tell me about your products? Can you give me a booth tour? It's different than, can you show me the stuff you like best? Can you show me the best selling stuff? Can you show me the stuff that you didn't think would win? Did you, can you show me the stuff that's made in the USA? I've gone to SHOT Show almost every time. I don't even look at stuff that's not made in USA unless it's something I have to look at. Uh, but, you know, you can go around SHOT Show and show me, can you show me the stuff that's made in the USA? I, <laughs> yeah, I'm a dick, right? I'm not going to say I ain't a dick. I've walked around SHOT Show one year when I was like, I'm going to get all the different stuff you can put in a safe. I had safe clients and I was interested in safes at the time. So I was going to go around and get all the different stuff you can put inside a safe. And I'd go, I'd walk up to some place and go, hey, can you show me all the stuff that's made in the USA? And they'd go, well, and then I'd walk away. Because <laughs> I don't care about burning bridges, stuff like that, because I'm a dick. But uh, there's only one company that makes stuff in the USA that goes inside of safes, uh, storage, safe storage solutions or whatever it is out of Chicago. And all it is is bending wire and coating it. So it's like bending some wire. Luckily, it's made in the USA wire. It's in Chicago and then they coat it. But it's those little curvy, wiry things that, you know, you use to organize your safe. So you could just walk around going, hey, what's made in the USA? Hey, what's uh, what what gets issued to military? Like what is uh, in a caliber other than nine millimeter like you could ch choose whatever criteria and yeah uh ask them that and yeah now you're you're something different than everybody else who's walked in can i look at the new thing can i look yep. at the new thing yep specificity helps yeah exactly and if the let's say it's a company i don't know if there is one this year let's say cz comes out with the coolest new grip angle of a nine millimeter this year right the new grip angle 1000 so the CZ Grip Angle 1000 is what everybody goes there and reviews. And you're the only review of the rest of the booth at CZ this year. Like, who's standing out from the crowd? Yep. You know, so in other words, like, you know, the big companies have other product lines. And almost well, always well, it gets shadowed by whatever the new Grip Angle 2000 is. Yeah, so here's the issue that arises from that. And a lot of people don't think about it. So... A lot of folks go at a shot show. They want to cover or get hands on or whatever the latest, greatest, newest thing. 
Well, just because they have the latest, greatest, newest thing at Shaw Show doesn't mean they're even for sale yet. And I've run into this, and, and oh, yeah. anybody, so anybody that's done it, anybody that, has, anybody that has done content and went to shows for any given length of time has, I'm sure, run into this. So if you go in there and you do the latest, greatest, newest thing, I agree with you, G. First of all, everybody is going in and doing that, right? So it's already like, super saturated but then on the flip side of that too or same side of it but different way of looking at it is that product's not even for sale sometimes for a year if it ever even hits the market right so why not do something that's established instead of doing the latest greatest if you cover the other lineup or hey what's what's in your current catalog type stuff right well that stuff people can go pick up if they like what they see they see your video they can actually go purchase that today right now and they're not sitting around twiddling their thumbs oh i would like to do that if it ever becomes available so from a value standpoint when you're talking about the company like i get it i mean they want the they want the info out on the latest greatest newest released thing and i understand that aspect of it but all of their eggs are not in when you're talking about a company like legacy products or flagship legacy products are where it's at. I mean, that's what keeps the company going, not the latest, greatest, newest thing. Now, eventually the latest, yeah. greatest, newest thing may become a legacy product, right? Well, but, they bring a 10 millimeter version out, but yeah. they also did two other improvements to their normal lines. And if they're only getting coverage of the one thing, they're frustrated. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay, so then Woods brought up how does or asked how does including other platforms wait, I don't know how that works other than YouTube. So I, I don't know how it's supposed to say, but uh, how does it work maybe? In, or what about including other platforms other than YouTube? We've hit it this already, but I wanted to hit this for sure because I think we kind of hit this, but the companies may value other platforms more or less than you do. So you're on GunTube. They understand that GunTube is for gun owners, by gun owners, and that it's a valid platform to be on. So they might go, oh, snap, you're on GunTube. Didn't want to work with anybody from you from the internet this year. But since you're on GunTube, we're working together. Or I'm trying to get, you know, my, my social media guy, gal, says we need to get our numbers up on Nutrion, Rumble, whatever, right? Like Parler, Truth, whatever. And, you know, you walk up and go, I'm whatever, I'm on these platforms or better. I wouldn't say, say that. That seems like a weird thing to say at all, at all unless it's part of the conversation. Uh, and maybe having a business card that has all those logos on it. And you're giving that business card to the person, the media person or the savvy enough person in the company that goes, oh, OK, you guys are on XYZ. We were trying to get work on there. Oh, good. It's good to know because I'd want to get content over there. So let's emphasize your stuff. Every single video of yours will go over there. We'll make sure, you know, we'll we'll tag you on everything that we possibly can over there when we're posting on there, you know, to help get your numbers up. Maybe we'll do a special live over there and tell people on the other platforms to jump over there to talk to this special live and you can give us some, you know, exclusive content somehow over there. We'll talk about your new product first over there on that new platform and we'll help you soup that up, right? I don't know. I'm going to riff on this one at all. I know more than we did earlier. I mean, it's, 
you know, one of the biggest things when you start talking about alt platforms again is the some of the freedom and, and potential that you have over there from the standpoint of being able to drop links, be that affiliate links or even links to drive traffic to the company, right? Which is the mm-hmm. overall goal of benefiting the industry and the company. Um, and so, you know, they that's want important. They may or may not know that, but they want the biggest footprint as possible on the internet. Yeah. I mean, oh, you know, you may get hundreds or thousands of views on YouTube, but if you can't drop a link to that company's, you know, people are lazy, let's be honest. And so, you know, could somebody watch a video on YouTube and go, oh, okay, XYZcompany.com. I get it. You know, and the name of the company is XYZ and they Google search XYZ.com or whatever, right? Boom. And they're there. Um, people are lazy. Um, and sometimes they don't want to do that. It's hard enough to even get them to click a link, even if it's down in the description, right? So, you know, that's one of the things to where you've got the opportunity to either create a specific video for that platform. Uh, where you can actively push the link or if nothing else, upload the same video to that platform. And then you're able to actually put a link in the description. So while you may not get as many views over there, there's at least the potential to get some click through to the website where you don't have that at all on YouTube. It doesn't matter if you're getting, you know, a hundred thousand views versus a couple thousand, right? It's like if you can't put a link, you're obviously not getting click-throughs on the link. Now, could you potentially be driving traffic by people searching or whatever? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. But, you know, it's there's no way to argue that if you can't drop a link, there's no way you're getting traffic from a link. So it's it's a better move. And I won't say it's a better move, but it's a, it's a great way to di- add diversity to your portfolio, right? Add diversity with what you can bring to the table. Right, let so me let me just let me just let me yeah let me real quick say this because it's important for people wanting to get on these other platforms. So big huge creators, they import or they have people that upload and they copy and paste. And I've seen this repeated. As a matter of fact, I seen it this morning. Um, they will upload the same exact video. Nothing wrong with that. But they'll upload the same exact video. They'll copy and paste the title. Nothing wrong with that. But then they'll copy and paste the description. And that's problematic because, like, the big YouTubers, it's expediency for them. They're just trying to get it up quickly on another platform to appease the people that hate big tech or whatever it might be. And so, and plus, it's a it's another way for them to or, be out or there, it's right? just reflex. They can, so they do. This they is true too. Yeah, an intern with yeah. them, they do. They don't care. No, they're just it's so like a gamble. Go for it. They're not paying the attention, paying attention, or or spending the time, right, to change that description because they can, because that is allowed on that platform where it's not on YouTube, right? And so that's something that that needs to be. Like I said, stress, if you're going to talk about the alt platform, that being a part of your portfolio, being a part of what you can bring to the table, explain that aspect. Um, not digging on big, big, big gun tubers or whatever. I'm not talking about that. But explain the aspect of, you know, hey, we can actually drop links over there. And that's one of the great things about, you know, providing a multi-platform approach, right? Um, and then if that media person or whatever company remembers that, and they get home or later on or at lunch or in the hotel room or whatever, they get on their phone and they're digging around those alt platforms. They'll figure it out real quick. And holy crap, 
you know, a lot of people are phoning it in on these alt platforms and they're not taking advantage of the whole purpose of them being an, an alt platform. It's not just, or all just or another place. Or they're only on them. Or this they're is, only on true. that one. And then it's the opposite. But those people aren't yeah, in competition at SHOT Show. But I, yep. I, yeah. yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, totally. Okay, so then I'm also going to say um, two things. And I put some notes to myself there. But actually three things now because she first said something. But um, backwards, yes, whatever, everything you just said. But you're also, you're thinking, you're looking at humans all the dang time. You're talking to humans about what humans do. But the internet is robots and spiders and it's mathematical equations. Al Gore made a beautiful mathematical thing for us. So half of the battle is humans. The other half, and you could, we could debate probably on where it's actually, well, let's just say half for now because there's the two sides of this coin. Which one has more importance is different for different people's awareness, I guess, or what your intent is, I guess. But anyhow, there's the other side. So having a link in whether or not that's okay with terms of service on the platform is important because that's that's a factor but the the result or the consequence of having those links out there is what i keep calling footprint or reach or right. size of your influence on the internet not just youtube or whatever now it'll help on youtube because it's reciprocal but uh let's say that company a has a product and it's linked to youtube videos and then you've got company b and they've got a product i should have said let's say company a has a, a product that's linked to 200 youtube videos that exists on the internet in one way now you've got another company and their product is linked on 200 platforms once and then you've got a somewhere in the middle some company with a different product that has you know 10 platforms, but 20 videos on each platform. So the same number of instances all on one platform, completely distributed or seeded, right? Distributed in in, yep. in in different levels in different platforms, either strategically or just randomly, and both work. All these are different tactics, but some of them are achievable and some of them are ridiculous. So having a, a link on every platform may or may not be better than having all your links on one platform, now, there's a lot of people who would say, if all your links are on the biggest platform, you can't lose because you're, all your links are on the biggest platform until something happens and a switch gets turned, and now yeah. you have to start from scratch. If you're on every single platform and a flips, flips gets switched, well, unless you're a robot and you've got a billion people on your crew and you need the income to support a bunch of people on your crew, you're not paying enough attention to any of those platforms to be useful on any of those platforms. You're just there. So being there is different than using the platform. So if you have two or three platforms and you're heavily present on all of them and you're interactive on all of them and one switch gets flipped off, you're able to, to you've got a three-legged, four-legged stool and if the lid gets kicked out, you can still stand up. It's a little wobbly, but you can fix that fourth leg again. So with that, I wanted to throw that out there. You've got this other aspect that if you're not building what you are, your presence online and not on a platform, then you're not doing yourself a service. And when you've created that, when you have a presence on the internet, you bring that to people and you let them know what you're bringing to them. And you're better than the person who's just happens to be a fad on the platform right now. And right. people that don't appreciate that hate to hear this. They won't accept what I'm saying right now, but being a fad on a platform is temporary. Creating something permanent is has value and it, i'm not going to say it has more or less value because it's up to the person who's creating the value there but they can if they're just going to listen to the marketers they're going to go with whatever fad at the time and ride the biggest wave or whatever it's great if you've got the resources to support that 
but to be able to be the person on the, the giant creator on the biggest bad platform requires infrastructure and cost. So you're going to pay for that. It's not free. And they also value what they've created and done. So they're going to charge for that. And most of them want to go on vacation and you're paying for really elaborate stuff, big studios and equipment. On the other side, you've got people who are actually involved in the other platforms and they're doing it like we talked about earlier as a side job or a hobby. They're doing it because they, they care so much or they're just happy to be part of it. Uh, but they're doing it on tiny little, you know, tiny little budgets and tiny uh, uh, resources compared to the bigger stuff. But anyhow, so that's that's layers to uh, uh, using the other platforms to the internet strategies, not just the humans who's going to watch what. So, you know, yeah, there's views and there's what humans are going to do and how many phone calls come in, but there's the effort that you do to create a footprint on the internet. And that's what results in all those phone calls and stuff. And how do you, there's strategies. You put a blue link over here and a red link over here and a purple link over here. And they say, I came from the purple link, you know, then you kind of can help determine, you use, make use of that strategic effort, but that's a whole nother topic. But then the other side of it, uh, is what did i put in here i guess it's the other videos too no other content methods so we've been talking about youtube keep in mind that when we're saying other platforms there's blogging you are doing a podcast you just don't know it yet you can take the audio out of whatever you do and it's a podcast literally uh whatever you do take some stills and go to your transcript click the three little dots on youtube and pull your transcript down edit it put in some still photo photos from your video and you've created a blog post so you are doing these other things. You just may not be following through on them. But think about other platforms as other types of content. People read and people listen as much, if not more, than they watch. The people who watch are younger, shorter attention span, right? And you need those are customers. But you also have older, longer attention span people who are in vehicles and listening to an entire podcast. That's a whole nother realm of reach that companies don't necessarily think of when the giant YouTube successful YouTube person comes up and says, you know, YouTube is all there is. So work with us because we're going to be the biggest on YouTube. Yep. Okay. That was a lot to reply to that one. I don't know if you want to riff on any of that. Definitely into this, but we didn't do it last week. So that's Clover's got something to do. I guess we keep going. Let's go. Um, so let's see. What was Shefire saying that I, let's see, I plan on scoping out the targeted company's website or new on new or interesting products as a conversation starter, right? So I think what I was saying is watch the videos about the product. So let's say um, the targeted company is selling a, you're a lady, so a, a small pocket revolver, a 38 special pocket revolver, which is, of course, what you're going to be going to YouTube to look, or going to Shot Show to look for. So somebody's going to come out with this new uh, ladies' edition of the revolver, the 38 special revolver. And there's been, let's say they've got, just to make it easy, they've got 10 characteristics of this revolver. And there's been five videos posted that only cover eight of the characteristics. So if you can show up and uh, ask about those other two, kind of going back to what Clover said with the other product lines, like if they know what's being featured out there and they might be frustrated because they keep trying to bring up the, the grip angle, 
but nobody asks them about it because they're all worried about if it's got a red dot or whatever. So, you know, like that, that's something else. Just look at what their competition, look at what else has been said about it is all I was saying. As you're researching the website, also research what other people have been saying about it. Yep. Because you'll see holes, you know, you'll see what's missing. Oh, so, right. so Ghost says part of the conversation could be to ask if they have plans during the week for dinner, et cetera. You never know how that goes. Yeah, that's interesting. There's definitely uh, parties and off air or off campus type of things that are going on, uh, range days and things at the indoor ranges and stuff. Uh, and I guess getting fed for free, or if you're a drinker, lots of drinking being done. Right. I don't know if I'd think. I mean, I'm just not much of a drinker, so I don't hang out with you. It seems to me like there's probably a lot of stuff getting done when everybody's sloshed. But since I don't get sloshed with them, you know what I mean? Like I'm just the guy standing there drinking a beer or whatever, you know, not getting all plowed. But uh, yeah. I just don't see the odds. Like I don't see the numbers, I guess. So it, it might be going on, but then you got to pretty much be there getting plowed with those per people at the right time. If you're not, you could book out of there and book to some other place, you know, and actually get there because you're not all drunk. So anyway, so as far as eating though, um, I don't know here, we haven't really talked about this. Have you, you, you followed the Instagram shot on Instagram? Uh, I don't spend a whole lot of time on Instagram. Oh, okay. Um, Cause I keep posting stuff or linking to you and saying, Oh, we should talk about this. So one of the things that, cause I've been paying more attention to it for whatever reason this year than I have for the last 18 years, cause it's kind of been right. fluctuates between good and bad, or I'm interested or not or whatever, but um, they do a shot show after dark now. So you did get over to the new building and right. I asked before, but I don't, you didn't get out to the entrance where the monorail drops down and where the no i never went out that way no i mean okay, I, was, so, I was close but i never actually went out there no now i know there and there you know how if you come in from the other shots the normal place and you come across that bridge and if you just walk straight and you just kept walking straight you go past those three or four rooms on the left and the two big rooms but then if you kept walking straight i think you'd go out a door or something it seems like right like there's some other door or something there i didn't walk out that far either but i don't know if that goes out to this patio also or if it's just the main door, you know, you'd have to take a right and go underneath the Ferris wheel. But definitely that door by the Ferris wheel, like the other entrance, the new entrance. If you go outside there and walk around to the south side of the whatever the new McCormick building is called or whatever it's called. Um, what's the name of the new one? Kennedy? Or whatever the name of the new building is, right? Like if you go to the south side of that. There's a, effectively a giant parking lot that you can't park in. Like it's just a big blacktop area or something with a fence around it. Almost like the place where they park the trucks during the show, like all the equipment gets parked kind of stage. But there's a clear area of it, kind of like the beer garden is, except probably it seems to me like six times larger than the beer garden is, the, the existing dock that they've turned into a beer garden in the last few years. Um, so, you know what I'm saying? Like outside of the other building, there's this giant outside area and they're going to open that up at night and there's going to be booze. I'm assuming for like it is in the beer garden. You pay for the booze, but it's there. And then a place where like an intentional meet and greet, like an intentional get together and have casual finger food and drink and interact. Like, here you go. You don't have to go to off site places and try to figure out which ones. And looking at the pictures, the pictures can only be from last year. There's no way SHOT Show staged a bunch of pictures and hired actors. You know what I'm saying? Like the pictures have to be from last year. 
it was massive. It was as big as the biggest parties I've ever been to, plus maybe bigger. And I was like, okay, one, all the parties got wailed on. So maybe that was the only option. I don't know. I wasn't really doing anything last year. Two, uh, I mean, as far as parties go, I didn't go to anything last year. Um, or two, people just haven't ever been to those parties, don't know how to get invited to them. It's not cool to be invited to some party that nobody knows about anymore because that was sort of the thing back in the day you got to go to these parties for reasons and nobody got invited to them for reasons right well that's sort of like the old boys club or like the whatever they call that maybe that's just that element of shot show is dwindling and this new option is going to be what the hipsters and the you know the new breed appreciates so if you haven't seen the pictures then if this is all new to you i don't know if you have a you know, any thoughts on that, but what do you think? Do you think it's possible for a shot to create or to engineer an, an after hours event that's yep. less structured, but also at the same time, way more accessible? Oh, I totally think it, it will be. Yeah. Cause that seems yeah. super cool. So I kind of want to hang out at one of those at least. And then. Yeah. I just don't know. Cause it talks about, it talks about, um, um, what am I thinking? The cost or whatever with all of that. Oh, yeah, it's not free. It's 75 bucks or something. Yeah. But it's 75 bucks for like three of them. So it's like 25 bucks a night. I think it's a no brainer if you got a booth there. Somebody's going to get tasked with going to it. Like, who wants to get, who wants to go to a party, you know, and do work after? And somebody will do it because you don't have to go anywhere. Right. All right. So then the next one is Gizzard. We're down to four or five left. So Gizzard says, and don't discount the value of a good still picture. Oh, he says it too. So you can use Instagram, et cetera, to promote a project as well. Be sure to tag the company and make the picture show the product in the best light. I mean, in good lighting. And also like, it doesn't like show somebody beer puking on it or something, right? But um, no, it's a great point. And I think that's what I was saying before too, is I was saying blogs and podcasts, but Gizzard's 100% pictures like i know people literally who instagram's their only thing and they are huge like giant giant entities that do whatever they want just from instagram uh and they come and go really fast it, instagram has a different level of appreciation than youtube or blogs or podcasts and stuff but uh i don't know you don't really use instagram so much what do you think about stills though yeah, I mean, there's a place for stills. I mean, you got to realize uh, there's a place for stills in any social media or whatever. So, yeah, hundred um, percent. Even yeah, you really even in your B-roll use of stuff and whatever. So, yeah. Oh yeah, I was thinking thumbnails. Like, it'd be foolish to think you're going to pull stills out of your video. I mean, you can. It's possible, but I, I think it's still like smarter to take a bunch of stills, set up stills for your right. thumbnails and stuff. You know, yeah. say just for any social. Yep. Um, Smeggy says your goals for the conversation. Yeah, I think this next one. Goals, goals for the conversation will change depending on who you're talking to. There's no way you can be longtime partner with every booth you look at. Oh yeah, for sure. And you're gonna. I think you need to have discretion, right? You have to have that characteristic or that trait because you'd be be willing to be discouraged, right? Like, oh, I thought I was gonna work with this company. Now I don't want to. There was a company who. I'm trying to be nice about this. There's a company who makes plastic goods. I think that's vague enough. And I thought I wanted to work with them because they're USA made. And I tend to like things that are made in the USA. And one year they had a plastic thing that had a point. 
I don't want to be too specific because that might give away who it was. But they make things typically that don't have points on them. They made a thing this year for a specific thing. I don't want to say what it was because I think it might give it away. But um, they made a, a thing that happened to have a pointy end. And I was literally not even, I mean, I was in the aisle. Uh, I can't remember specifically anymore, but I think I was looking this way. And they were behind us having a conversation loud enough that me and Greg, one of the guys, was both heard this. And they said a racist piece of shit shit that I'm like, oh, holy shit. Like, I, I mean, I, I, if people ask me if there's any racism in the industry, like, I guess it's possible that I'm not seeing it or whatever, but there's nothing blatant or nothing. There's no like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, except for them people or something. Like, I'm not aware of any of that shit. If anything, it's like the opposite. Right. This was in 2008. No, Greg was there. So 2010, probably. Yeah. So first year at Sands. Downstairs, probably. That's why we were so close together. I mean, fuck that company. I mean, seriously. Like, I I was like, are you fucking serious? That was said loud enough for people to fucking hear? And I fucking looked at him and said, fuck you. And walked away or whatever. But, like, anyhow, I don't know. I was getting off on there. But uh, there's um, there's no way you're going to partner with everybody. I guess that was it. Like, you're, you're going to have to get right. discouraged. You're going to have to be willing to get your hopes down and be like, fuck, I really wanted to work with them. But there's no fucking way. And again, I don't know if that I don't know anything about the company, if that was just an employee or if that was what the design of the thing really was or something. Yeah. But I'm like, fuck, that was bad. So people are like, oh, you're a dick or whatever. Yeah, I'm a dick, but I don't care. Like, I'm not going to work with some people. Somebody's got to go. Well, and working with working with some working with companies, that's another thing, too, is you got to little bit of tact involved with things because working with some companies could potentially hinder you working with others um, there may be a company that you really want to work with and you, know, you haven't had that opportunity um, but then there's another company that does similar things right um, and so they are willing to work with you so you work with them and inadvertently you don't realize it but that's because you're already working with them that kind of hinders you hinders your ability to build that, build on that relationship or, you know, whatever with, with another company. I mean, there is a, there is got to realize you're dealing, you're dealing with a lot of, of companies that compete. And so there are certain companies that, you know, depending on how you tailor your content. Okay. Yeah. You can, you know, you can navigate that pretty easy because you're like, okay, well, company A, has this little feature that is good for this particular section of people. And then company B has, you know, this particular feature or perk that's a little bit different. And then so it's appealing over here. And so it's a, it's a shifting demographic type situation with those. Um, but you do, you do get companies that, you know, if they, if, if another company makes anything even remotely in that realm, they view it as competition. And so, you know, they had rather, you know, work with somebody who's never worked with that company over there or whatever. It's almost like they don't want the comparison. I have run into that before because you would think that would be a strong suit. Like, hey, you've come out with this particular product and, you know, I'm a big fan of this product. And I have every whatever you made and, you know, this, that and the other. And you think that would be a plus like the company would be like, OK, this person could actually you know, give us some useful feedback, whether they're making, you're making videos to be public with it or, or whatever. That's a conversation that can be had. 
But, you know, if nothing else, this person can work with our product alongside eight others and they're a fan of these. So they obviously are, are competent and, and comfortable and knowledgeable about all this and they understand it. That could be of great value. So, okay, let's work with you and work on some stuff like that. And you think that that would be a no brainer. That's like, okay, that's a benefit, but some companies don't see it that way. Sorry about that. Uh, let's see. So am I cutting in or is, is that a good place to go to the next one? Oh, you're good. Let's go. Smeggy says the next few weeks, or Ghost is saying to Smeggy, the next few weeks of his live show, they're going to be on Tuesday shows, are going to be industry people talking about their side of shot. Where's the other one? Yep. So I don't know if you know. I'm assuming you're going to be on those shows. I should be. Yeah. He said in there, but I didn't highlight them. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, from from one show to the next. Yeah, that's that's his show. But I, I just oh okay. I'm, I'm just along for the ride, man. So like, uh, let's see. Then Ghost also says if you well. So anyway, so Ghost will be having his shows on Tuesday evenings, and he's going to be having people on uh, that he knows from the industry talking about Shot Show from the exhibitor side. Uh, then he also said if you've got patches, don't be afraid to put something in their booth ask them but it's a great way to be remembered yeah so patches aren't cheap they're going to cost you somewhere between well nowadays that one is that place still the same two bucks so you can get them as low as two bucks uh but i mean what's a business card something so incrementally bring you know if you're going to be wanting to create a channel and get remembered and to get the message out there is it worth dropping every time you drop one two or three bucks um you know i guess it's up to the person it's too late now they take months and months to get an order and everything but um well could you get magnets i don't know if magnets have the same kick they probably have some residual though but uh, depending on what the product is too you know something that has a toolbox featured in the branding or whatever and you get a magnet on that toolbox um, but having it on like a panel or a jacket or a bag or a armor plate or carrier or something like that. Uh, and people the whole week are taking pictures of that stuff with your patch on there. If you've got that kind of relationship or, you know, it's that kind of a booth. Yep. Yeah, that can be fun. You know, you can do a lot of different things with a patches specifically, but. Yeah, you drop them here and there or whatever, and then randomly somebody takes a picture, you know, posts on Instagram and you know, wherever and actually tags you. Can be can be fun. Go saying, uh, you think Shot needed to create an after-hours event? Yeah, I think that was. I don't know if it would have worked in the past when they had what they've got, because there's no outdoors. And who's gonna walk in the shot, walk all the way across that building and hang out in that dinky little beer garden at night? Because they you know they're not gonna just let you walk oh. off the ramp and go into the street. So they're gonna make you walk all the way back through shot and out the front door. That'd have been horrible. But when you can just be dropped off and be right at the event, you can literally leave the event, walk out to the like the second entrance and get a Uber or just literally walk onto that tram or whatever the, the overhead thing. The monorail. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, that's a whole nother thing. And it's huge. And there's going to be already a bunch of people there. So it's not like they're conning people and showing up like, please, please, please. Instead, it's like, hey, it's already been successful. So show up here or go to one of your after events. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You have a different experience with the after events. I've been to a lot of them and I have not been to a lot of them because I don't like a lot of them. But right. um, I don't know. I don't want to say the name of the ones, but have you been to ones that are provided by a single company? And yes. it's sort of uh let's all fluff each other up and let's no, no. like say thanks to our fan our favorites and that kind of thing. Yeah, no, I've never been to really anything like that. Um I've been to ones by single companies and I've been to ones that are collaborations of companies. Um, but the all of the ones I've been to are very, very laid back. It's just more about getting to know each other, casual type stuff. I mean, they'll have their some of their products there, of course, right? I mean, that's kind of why they do that in a way. So, uh, and they're they're free to talk about. They'll certainly talk about their products and stuff if you're interested. But you can also talk about them in a different capacity, in a different light. It's a much more candid conversation. Um, and, and it's more about, you know, really getting to know each other and getting to know the people. So um, the ones I've been to, I guess, are much more intimate. And I don't want to say that. It's not like it's a, you know, you're sitting at a candlelight dinner with somebody, right? Not that type of intimate, but it's just, yeah, it's not, not really, none of them were really flashy or or anything like that as far as a, a, a party or an after event or, or get together or whatever. Um Heck, the ones that that shot show their their after nightlife events or whatever they're talking about this year um, look even more involved than some of the parties I've been to. But um, but I valued the conversations and mm. a lot of the other stuff from those as well. Damn, when you said that, okay, there's get-togethers and then there's parties. Like when I'm talking shot show parties, I don't mean like. Hey, let's meet at our hotel room or let's all go to this bar and hang out. No, I'm right. talking. Yeah. You have not, I've never seen Scheduled such elaborate parties except for like on fake movies and shit, but I'm talking when the big thing was happening, the big stuff was happening and I'm not going to get, I don't know if it still happened. I guess this technically still happens, but a lot of the giant companies were making a lot of money and they really enjoyed life. So they would, the ones I've been to have been as elaborate as a mini bike. Most of them had a mini bike. Some of them had other options, but some sort of a mini bike with a chariot behind it. And then everybody role playing with cosplay and cloaks and whatever they're called, togas and swords and stuff. And then uh, at a dirt bike track in Vegas after hours, they own the whole place. And then people would go up to a place and get buckets of like cabbage and tomatoes and stuff, soft vegetables effectively that were rotten and gross. And then they would go up into the stands and every time the guys would come by with their chariots and their motorcycles. So one guy would be dressed as a, as a horse or a pony or whatever, driving the motorcycle. The other guy would be dressed as a gladiator and a chariot behind it. And they'd be wailing on each other. And I'm talking dudes who probably might've been at some point doing this for real like smashing on each other and just having a great time plowing into each other and smashing into each other and fixing the bikes and the chariots along the way while everybody in the stands, which is a plenty of people were winging rotten vegetables and shit at them. And like, that was the main event for a party that lasted all night where everybody got a toga as they came in 
and there was like a giant tent full of meat, a giant tent full of vegetables and fruit, a giant tent full of bread, like giant tents full of drink and stuff to have fun with. Nothing cost a dime. And I mean, craziness. And that's just one. I mean, every year it gets crazier and crazier with companies that are making good money and enjoy life. So we're talking events that I can understand why people go to SHOT Show for the parties. And some parties are happening at scale. Other people who don't get invited or can't participate are like, well, we got massive resources, so why don't we try this? Or why don't we start this? And then you got other parties that are trying to attempt to be like that. Parties are amazing. And then there's get-togethers, which I call non-produced, I guess, right? Like non-production value. Uh, where it's just get-togethers. And there's tons of those, tons of those. They've been going on ebbs and flows, you know, patterns and whatever, like, you know, fluctuating as how big or how many or who's creating them. None of them that I'm aware of has continued the whole time I've been going for sure. But more than, man, I'm trying to think of what the lifespan of an after event is. Probably the biggest ones have been going as long as I've been going, I guess. But I mean, some of them lasted for 10 plus years but they're all gone now. I mean, a lot of them have just changed drastically, not because of shots thing, but just all kinds of changes in the world. But, um, and I'm, and I'm assuming I can't know of all of them. There's no way I know of all of them. I just know of certain elements of them, but you know, I can't imagine rodeo people or competition shooters I and mean, competition shooters tend to let their hair down once in a while. Right. They probably have massive things that I'm not aware of, or I'm just not paying attention to every single military thing does their own thing. I'm only aware of a couple. So, you know, like I said, there's industries and stuff. There's a lot of people in Vegas and they all got time off and they all want to let off steam and they all want to get together with their friends. So anyhow, um, and then you've got all the levels of get togethers, of you know, buying out a restaurant on an impromptu thing to let's all go to some bar and hang out and kind of take over the bar for a while. So I guess describing all that is neat. We've talked about that in other shows, but the reason I was kind of ripping on all that was to say, isn't there opportunity for elevator speeches at any of these places? And then, yes, right? And then what's that elevator speech like compared to the elevator speech you're using during the day? Like you've got to have a pretty big full trapper keeper to keep up with the circumstances that you're going to end up with at SHOT Show. Are you already doing your thing for something else? Yeah. No, I mean, I, well, I don't know. I don't know what uh, I don't know what I can add. Well, I guess just the idea that there's different elevator speeches because you're still going to be introducing yourself to people. It's a little different when you're introducing them to each other and somebody's spilling a beer over your head or, you know, there's something happening in the background that you don't want to take pictures of. Right. So, yeah, I mean, and then you meet somebody at certain, I mean, it's Vegas too. Like I'm saying, there's been some parties where nobody's talking about them. I'm not even talking about them. And those are ones where you start, you meet somebody there and you're like, oh, well, I guess I know where you're at. And you know where I'm at. And this is where we met. So for the rest of time, like this is where we met, you know? Right. Um. So let's see, Smeggy's saying, does anyone know any TV troubleshooting? My TV just lost a picture of it. Sounds fine if I turn it on and off. It displays for two seconds, then goes black. Um, the specifics to that is, you know, there could be a couple of different specific things, but definitely what I'm going to recommend for anybody, the reason I brought this one up, if it's your refrigerator, if it's television, if it's your blender, if it's your puppy, 
you can go to internet and say, how do I fix a fee specific, you know, model number, blah, blah, blah. And you might get a troubleshooting sheet with all the different kind of situations that model could have, or just like some kind of troubleshooting forum. But most people that are in the business have conversations amongst themselves that you can discover online and listen to the pros, talk to each other about the most effective way to solve some things. And then you've got places like Reddit and just technical people that are, you know, open source and just telling you about stuff. So I've had a TV, both of my TVs, I only own two TVs and they're both hand-me-downs because of the situation you're talking about. There was a wire that went around a piece of metal and when that metal got hot enough from the TV being on long enough or something, like it would melt the insulator on the wire and eventually short. And all it did was short out the LED lead or something. Because a big screen TV is just a shit ton of LEDs that brighten up a piece of plastic. So it can get hot. And all I had to do is listen to something online and it said, drill a hole here like take this wire and move it around the other side of this piece of metal so it doesn't touch the metal anymore and plug it back in again. And I did that and both the TVs were about that simple to fix and they work fine. So it could be that simple and it's just, you know, do a search online. Yep. Yeah, that's fun my stuff. I fixed my refrigerator that way one time. I fixed a couple of TVs in the past. Um, now it's a couple, quite a few actually with capacitors that would just get old and whatever would happen they would swell they would leak you know and i mean you order a package of 10 capacitors and i mean i think it was it was like five bucks or something to order a package of 10 capacitors and i maybe have two or three of them left and i've probably fixed two or three tvs <laughs> with them you know um and it's just i mean that simple if you're comfortable with soldering or whatever it's it's not difficult it's pretty easy it's not like a moving part. It's just a part that gets worn out from its chemical, whatever reaction or something that's taking place. That yeah, dirty power, power surges. There, you know, there's a lot of different things that can cause that, right? And so, um, what'll happen is with those capacitors, they'll, they'll, uh, you know, over time they'll swell, and so the the resistance and that, you know, you're talking about. I don't know the technical details of all of it, right? I can't get into all of that, but. Um, I just know that over time, yeah, there are things that affect them, and and you can, usually you can visibly look at them and tell. Um, you know, you can visibly tell they're swollen, or visibly tell that they're leaking, or whatever. And if that's the case, it's pretty easy to spot them and replace them. And a lot of times, I'll just replace them all. Like you know, if if there's four of those capacitors, you know what I mean, on that yeah, TV. Like one might bought, be blown, but the other three are right there anyway. It's so. like, well, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to replace, you know, this this daughter board because the team, one of the TVs I'm working on had two different daughter boards, and so each one of those had two capacitors, and so one of them was uh, swollen bad, and so I was like, okay, I, I'll just replace all four because I mean, what are the odds another one is going to go bad and I got to replace, you know, crack the TV open and do all this again. So it's like, while I'm in here, how long does it take to, you know, solder in three extra capacitors? So uh, we'll just do that. And uh, yeah, that, that didn't have a problem. I mean, it, it eventually died years later and I never could troubleshoot it and figure out why. But, you know, I got extended the life by years for less than five bucks. Right. So with that, I think, well, we've gone three hours. It's a week between Christmas and uh, New Year's. So hopefully a bunch of people were looking for something to listen to anyway. 
Um, hopefully, again, this is not too long a format to be useful for people that are going or planning on going because this should be, it'll die out eventually or it'll wear out eventually, get stale, but it's just, just probably work in 2024. It would probably would have worked last year. So hopefully our, our uh, ideas here, some of the stuff that we replied to the people who've been asking questions are useful. And uh, I mean, that's always the danger, I guess, when you get too long format a thing. If I had interns, if I was doing this right, uh, we'd chop this up, you know, turn it into the pieces that were useful, edit them up, you know, probably a lot of ums and ahs, but then, you know, chop the question and the, and the succinct answer into a separate video, list those somewhere with a playlist. So uh, ideally on a website somewhere, maybe even turn them into not necessarily a course, but, you know, a list of the different topics about SHOT Show. That would be ideal, you know, so uh, if anybody wants to help with that. Well, thanks for she fires throwing 20 bucks at us with a uh, super chat, as I was saying, but I was going to say I didn't even put it up here, but both of us have Patreons, the ways that you can subscribe to our projects, what we do uh, by uh, going over to a Patreon, which is a social media platform and subscribing to our channels. And uh, you can do that on, I think, both of ours for a couple of dollars. I like to say a cup of coffee or so each month. Every once in a while, a couple of people buy me lunch each month. All that accumulates. I have right now about 120 something people that uh, subscribe and that turns into enough uh, resource that I don't need to uh, you know, try to you know, promote grip angles or red dots each show. And uh, again, there's lots of stuff that's happening over there. We're talking about YouTube. We're talking about live events, but there's photographers over there. There's people doing other creative things, people creating music or creating art, people creating uh, chapters of books or pieces of history and, or, you know, uh, looking back at history, uh, that stuff that wouldn't necessarily bring a lot of attention or views to be useful for the whole um, advertising, the typical advertising recipe. So by subscribing to an individual, you make things possible that wouldn't normally be economically viable. And, uh, and I think it's a cool way to um, uh, move the whole internet along. I've been a big fan of this for a while. We could probably have other discussions about it, but since we're three hours in, um, I'll just riff for a second that, you know, I really like the idea of an internet that's uh, structured so that the participants can uh, put their resource towards what they appreciate. And uh, I think an industry version of Patreon is still, uh, I don't wanna say it's necessary, but I think it would be an, a valuable resource. I don't know if you wanna riff on that at all. We're three hours into this. No, I mean, we've moved more and more that way. I mean, engagement with people, right? Um, I think that's why you see the uh, YouTubes here that is, evolved the way it has especially with the community tab i mean the community tab is a very powerful tool if you're a creator out there and you're not using it you need to use it and you know it just it increases the level of engagement and stuff that you're able to have um you know a lot of the big names and stuff they don't really utilize their community tab they don't really utilize comments and and different things um, you know, they may post some affiliate links from time to time or, you know, share one of their videos from time to time, but, you know, they don't think about, 
you know, posting to things outside of YouTube. They don't talk about, you know, promotion of other organizations or creators or other things um, or just, you know, creating a conversation and, and engaging with uh, the community that way. So, man, that's all I've got to add to it. Uh, let's see. So I think we're open for next week. Assuming we're going to still have a show next week. Um, I don't think we had anything. I was wanting to do a chat with people that have been there for a while. I don't know if we needed to let me look at a calendar. I was kind of thinking vaguely that next week is the beginning of the year, right? So next week is the third. I don't know. Is that too close to any holidays to invite people on? Does shot start on the 17th? So we have two shows until the end or until the show? I think it is the 17th. Yeah, shot. No, shot is, well, yeah, I think maybe it's the 17th. It's either the 17th or the 24th. Yeah, range days the 16th. So, yeah, so we've got two. Thank two more shows. So I guess we'd better start thinking about inviting people on who've been to SHOT Show before. So maybe we'll do that next week, the third. And industry, yeah. Well, Ghost is going to have a bunch of people on from industry, so I'm not going to attempt that. I don't even know that many people anymore. The people I know, honestly, who were in the industry was back when I was making videos. Like, I don't really talk to industry other than saying hey to people I know, which is fewer and fewer. Um I only talk to media people and two A people. Um, I definitely go. Last year, I went for sure. You know, for the two A to, um, I want to say like encourage and uh, what's the word like help out the two A people that were there. And I don't know if I had much uh, you know uh, success in that or not. But uh, um, anyway. Um, I don't really know that many industry people, so I'll let Ghost. You, I don't know. Are you planning on doing anything else for Shot Show before Shot on your channel? I mean, I don't really have anything now. Yeah, I'll probably do some. Uh, I'll probably cut a, a video or two on you know, some things I want to see or companies or something. But outside of that, now I don't have anything planned. I mean, we had this going, and I knew Ghost was going to do some stuff, so it's like, man. There's plenty of others that are going live and doing things, so I'll just be a part of theirs, and that fits. I don't got to interrupt my live, you know, podcast season schedule and all that. So that's one of the wonderful things about, you know, having a community and other people around. You know what I mean? Yep. Well, I don't because I wasn't listening. I was over here. <laughs> Come on. Where's the place for me to put a comment? I got ripped off. I was over there. I just dropped 20 bucks on Clover and Ghost's uh, sticker deal where they've got for 20, 10 bucks, you grab a sticker. It's numbered. You can frame it if you want. Use it as a dartboard, whatever you feel like doing with it. Bring it to SHOT Show. Well, I'm assuming they're going to send them out before SHOT Show. But uh, you know, do what you're going to do with it. But you got the sticker, but you also get an entry into a deluxe prize package or two. So... Uh, because we just got a couple more super chats, I figured I'd bounce some of that over to uh, Clover. And I guess Ghost is going to hark some of it. But I wanted to say, I'll just tell you guys, since you didn't, there was no, I didn't find a place during the transaction in PayPal to leave a comment. And it just, I used the PayPal button for what it's worth. So anyway, I couldn't leave a comment, but I was going to say, make one, I bought two this today right now, make one of them Chris and one of them she fires. See what I'm saying? So I bounced the super chat over to the stickers and I'm okay. saying 
claim one to she fires and claim one to Chris. Okay, do the out. entries for Chris and she fires. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, that's one thing you can do. Just let us know. Let's shoot us an email or text or social media DM or whatever. It's like, hey, donate. You know the entries to whatever to so and so, and we'll we'll make it happen. And we've had quite a few people do that. So kudos and big thanks to the people that have done that because that is, you know, that's insane that people are doing that. I mean, we've got some people that have donated like five entries to people that are that are unaware. Those people, some of the people have gotten entries that, that gotten extra entries. They've already bought a sticker and got an entry, right? And so they've got extras because people donated. But then there's some people that haven't even bought stickers. So I don't know that they're even aware that it's going on or maybe they just can't afford to or maybe they don't want to, whatever reason. But it's interesting because they actually have entries. So um, it's it's possible a name comes up and somebody wins that had no clue what was even going on. I mean, it's possible, right? Uh, Tony, uh, Tony Simon has a thing going until just the end of the year. Uh, a deal with for this uh i forget these calling it like a shield of freedom or something and it's uh, a piece of wood fancy wood that is uh i think he said it was laser engraved right or laser cnc'd or not laser cnc but cnc'd or i think he said it was cnc'd but it's the various logos from all the different firearms manufacturers laid out on this round piece of hardwood uh so that it resembles like an aztec calendar or aztec I don't know what those things are called, but like sort of a piece of art. And, but if you look at it, instead of just being a bunch of dudes poking snakes or whatever they did, they were, or it's a bunch of logos, you know, like all the different companies' logos. And I guess they've done a couple of these. They're pretty cool uh, for hanging up in like a gun room or something. And same kind of thing 10 bucks per his will end on the 29th, I believe, right? Or the 30th or whatever. Or maybe he said the 20. No, I'm thinking of the 29th. That's his last diversity shoot. I think it ends on the 31st. All right. So with that, uh, we'll wrap this one up. Like another three hours about SHOT Show. A lot of people blow off SHOT Show. They take it for granted. They don't put that much effort into it. They think of it as a burden or a hassle. And then other people look forward to it and see it as the opportunity it is. is. So we appreciate the people that stick around to hear our enthusiasm about it. And uh, feel free to leave comments if you've been listening on the podcast someplace or uh, here on YouTube. Uh, leave some comments and we'll, uh, guess what, we'll be talking about Chat Show more. And then I'm one to talk about it all year long. So uh, we use it as a catalyst to talk about our content creation or the industry as a whole, how to bring up the important things into the uh Big conversations, and uh, we haven't really talked about 2A at SHOT Show this year. I wonder if that should be a topic. <laughs> right, Probably. Well, three hours in, it's not going to be. So with that, thanks, yeah. everybody, for joining. I'm going to throw a commercial to our gear website store. If you want to grab something, we've got some new products over there. And uh, yeah, that's the way that we're able to uh, stay doing what we're doing as well. Gearwebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is free patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at gearwebsites.com.